It's getting some color. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Zach. This is episode five of Getting Some Color, and we are going to be reviewing Full Gear. But before we do that, we have a lot of wrestling to talk about because we missed about like two weeks because of a lot of shit coming up, and actually three weeks <laughs> since we're a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Zach, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I'm all right. How are you doing? After your move and all that. Doing good and still getting used to my job and uh, just getting settled and everything. And, you know, being alone in an apartment is kind of lonely. So I, I got to make some new friends here in Jacksonville. You know, the home of AEW, brother. Fucking meet up with Tony Khan. Maybe he can get you a job. <laughs> I'll probably do better than fucking Jelly Janela. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into our full gear or, or any AEW stuff, let's talk about some NWA power. The hour of power. Mm -hmm. So last week's episode was pretty interesting. Um, I want to say that I am really surprised about Cole Cabana. And oh, yeah. The, the main event on that show? Well, yeah. When he started out with it, he was like this goofy weird thing and i i don't like his bam not bam bam uh bang bang what is it boom boom bang boom. bang is cactus jack okay <laughs> but boom boom cabana like he couldn't come up with a better name no he's kind of a weird guy though it's like his get he's he's a real show Bodie baby face wrestler i guess mm -hmm. it's it, like I don't know. I heard Jim Cornette say one time, like, he's, like, a, an entertainment-style wrestler. And he's kind of surprised WWE never kept him. I can kind of see why after watching him now. Mm -hmm. Like, not that, like, why didn't they keep him? More like why he said that about him. Because it's like, yeah, you know, like, I can, I get his appeal. I can get why he has fans, I guess. But, yeah, he surprised me in this match, too. Yeah, and to, to kind of go, like, on a storyline, he... Uh... They're doing this thing where, like, all the main eventers were talking. Like, last week's episode, they had a six-man tag. It was Team James Storm versus Team, um, what's his face? Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis, yeah. And there was, like, a, what I love about Nick Aldis, he's, he does these stipulations in his matches where they actually have a meaning to it. Just, in, you know, not being like, hey, I'm going to face you, and if I lose, I get to challenge you a hundred times. He's like... You know, if you lose, you can't ask for my title anymore. You're done. Yeah, he made a similar stipulation to James Storm because he kept saying, he's ducking me. And he's like, all right, well, if your team beats me in this in this tag match, you can fight me for a title, but you have to relinquish your national title, which is their mid-card title, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because for some strange reason, you can't have double title winnings. I'm okay with that usually, actually, because I, I always thought that that was strange. It like that that could happen. Like you, know, oh, the IC champion can fight the world champion, and it's just it's fine. Like mm -hmm. then it's over, and they just kind of go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. if I, it, the last uh, WWE, not two K twenty, but two K nineteen, I was playing story mode, and I was the IC championship, and I was going for a world championship. And then I won the world championship, and they're like, oh, you have to relinquish your, your uh, IC. And I'm like, motherfucker, no. Ultimate, war <laughs> Ultimate Warrior? Are you, are you fucking kidding me? 
Yeah, there's been plenty of double champions. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. But yeah, that was like the stipulation, and Team Aldis won because he had, um, you know, uh, Gabbana and fucking Mr. Anderson or whatever his fucking name is, Mr. Kennedy or Anderson. One of the two. He's, he's Anderson right now. Yeah, because I think Kennedy was TNA, right? No, that was WWE only. He'd been Mr. Anderson ever since he left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they won, and then Cabana got his title shot, and that's what led up to last week's, or the last episode of NWA Power with him facing James Storm. What did you think of that match, by the way? Do you think What do you think of James Storm? Like, do you think he still has it? Yeah, I think he's still good. Uh, he surprised me with a few uh, uh, moves and stuff that he did in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Colt Cabana surprised me a lot, too, because he was serious. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I, I wish more people would take note of stuff like this, especially like WWE, because like an AEW could do it too. Is like this guy usually acts kind of goofy, some some of the time, most of the time, but when it's time to get serious, he got serious. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's like that's what always annoys me is like when people have street fights or something, and we're going to talk about that later a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they still continue, they insist on doing their shtick and acting silly or they don't act like nothing's changed like this isn't serious or something and that shit irritates me when that stuff like that happens like there's no continuity or anything <laughs> speaking of street fights said James Storm say I'll meet you in a parking lot and beat you up he said so I'll be seeing you later he said he made some kind of threat like that yeah I'm, sur- <laughs> I'm surprised like you know I don't know if they're going to do a storyline where maybe James Storm did beat up Cabana in the parking lot and Cor- Billy Corgan had to, like, suspend James Storm or something. That would be kind of cool. hmm What else did you like from that episode? I don't know what it is about NWA Power, but I love every promo that happens. Like, I look forward to a promo. Like, in, in WWE, I don't look forward to promos because they suck. And AEW yeah. is kind of like a mixed bag because AEW is more like you have Cody Rhodes that does a good one, Jericho, but then you have others that do weird staring into the camera and try to be serious. I don't think AEW does enough promos, actually. Mm-hmm. I've kind of noticed that over the last month. They don't do as many promos as I think they should, mm-hmm. especially for some guys they're trying to get over, like Adam Page. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can cut pretty decent promos, but they don't let him talk, and then, like, MJF has been in there for a month and he's a great talker and they never let him talk. Oh, we'll get to that soon because there is a fucking thing that's going to be happening with him later on. Oh yeah. I got a big rant about that later. Um, but I like the Ricky Stark versus Aaron Stevens. I kind of mentioned it to you the other day. I was like, Aaron Stevens kind of looks a little chubby out of shape. He he might be yeah. I I was trying to actually remember if he looked better. I I can't. Re- I think he did. He might have been a little bit slimmer. Mm-hmm. It's possible he just got back into wrestling. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But I'm like he's still entertaining and he's still great. Yeah, I, I love his gimmick where he's kind of like the Miz, but like a terrible actor. <laughs> like on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how full of himself he is. It's it's like different from like his old gimmick and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this has been a good little mini feud with Ricky Starks. I love that match. That was fun. 
And I love the part where, uh, uh, what's his, Ricky Starks, he like does like a chop to Aaron Steven. He's like, this is the best of time. This is the worst of times. And like Joe was like, oh, there's a little, a little bit of Shakespeare. <laughs> and Cornette's like, I don't think you're right. <laughs> he's like, that was Dickens. It's Charles Dickens. He's like, what? No, he like confused him. And he's like, I swear to God, it's Charles Dickens. He's like, oh, whatever. Fine. <laughs> it was funny. Cornette had a lot of good uh, moments, especially with the Dunder Rosa. By the way, I want to—I kind of want to, you know, recorrect myself because Zach brought up that it is not Rosemary as Dunder Rosa. They're apparently different wrestlers, but almost the same gimmick. <laughs> they look kind of similar too, a little bit. I, I can forgive you for thinking that because I, I looked at pictures of them, and yeah, they got like they do the face makeup stuff and everything, but they also have kind of similar faces. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's no, she's a different chick. By the way, I really like Thunder Rosa. I'm really interested in seeing what else she can do. Yeah, that whole women's thing, and you know, comparing to AEW, NWA has a good women's division, and that's weird for weird for me to say because, you know, what was it, Allison K or something like that, or whatever her, yeah. the wrestler's name is. Yeah, that's her, the champion. Yeah, and then you had uh, Fox, and then. Um, the other chick who was the friends of Allison K, but somehow Thunder Rosa, uh, you know, switched her to hate her and all that stuff. That that whole segment was, <laughs> was fucking good. She turned her heel, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the NWA women's division so far is the title. I don't like that title. <laughs> yeah, what is it with, like, they have their picture in the middle of it? It looks really like I think that was like the super old title design, like from forever ago, which they kept. They they might be using the same design still. I know they are for the world's title, mm-hmm. but that one just looks really like chintzy. I don't know. I feel like they need to come up with a better one. <laughs> yeah, but th- that segment is pretty good. Now that like there's a handful of girls that are you know, going for the title, and now there's going to be, like, a best friends match or maybe a triple threat with Thunder Rosa. Who knows? Nick Aldis also told us about how video games are hard, which was, like, really funny for some reason. <laughs> I think it's because he's just such a straight man guy. He's, like, so serious all the time. Then he's in one of those goofy commercials. I don't think he plays video games, period. And he's just like, I'm going to do this video because I'm in it, and you get to, you know, fight for the 10 pounds of gold. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Can't wait for that game. I, I I find it hard to believe that it's coming out in 2020. I I thought it would be like n- next week or something the game would come out. But we're almost there in 2020, just, you know, a month or a month and a half, I should say. Hey, I'll play it. it, it, it it's pretty much like Wrestle War. It's like a new version of Wrestle War. Mm-hmm. Just without WWE 7, who cares about WWE? <laughs> I guess. But, um... I'm trying to think what else kind of caught my eye. Uh, the the Kingston and Homicide versus the Dawsons were pretty good. Yeah, and then like the rock and roll came in to like save him, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. A lot of rock and roll this week. I tell you, they're what. Ev- they're everywhere lately. It's crazy. <laughs> Would you like or hate about the this week's power? I I really didn't dislike anything about it. That's no, me either. Kind of, that's kind of the thing about because it's one hour. There's really, there's no time for filler kind of stuff. Really, mm-hmm. like you have to really think ahead of time. Like, what's this? What's going to be in this one hour? And lay it out. And then, like, 
everybody's doing decent to good promos and none of them sound fucking fake or forced or there's no forced fucking catchphrases or robotic fucking sentences and shit. Yeah, and when you see, like, all the wrestlers out, like, you'd be like, oh, they're going to do the typical, you know, they're going to brawl kind of thing. But they don't do that. I mean, they eventually do brawl, but they do, like, a promo where they're all like, I'm going to do this to you, and you're going to do that, just like old wrestling. Oh, there was something else I want to give a shout-out to. Remember the Tim Storm segment? Mm Mm-hmm. Where, like, it was just Joe Galley and Tim Storm, and he was just talking to Tim Storm about his future, and it was, like, really serious and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then Nick Aldis showed up, and he pulled him aside to talk to him, and we got to, like, hear what they were saying. I thought what was going to happen is I thought Nick Aldis was going to continue that story where he hates Joe. So, like, he's like, don't do an interview with this guy. He's going to try to twist your words or something like that. But it was, like, totally... Tim Storm, even though I beat your ass and you're not going after my title anymore, that doesn't mean you should quit. <laughs> yeah, it was like he gave him respect and told him, like, you know, all this stuff's here because of you and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to basically convince him to not quit. Do you think Tim Storm might turn heel in some way? I don't know. I, I think they're just kind of milking this thing to make people think he'll quit and it'll get, like, a big payoff thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I think he's pretty much out of the main event title picture for a while now. He'll probably go mid-card, I think. That's my guess. He might go Uh, after Cold Cabana, maybe. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't turn him heel, because he's just such a genuine babyface guy. He's like that real classic babyface that somehow gets that reaction still. It's, like, weird. Is he still a history teacher? I Yeah, I think he's still a substitute or a history teacher. I thought he was a substitute, but I could be wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to point out about that segment, like why I wanted to just give it props was because uh, I was telling my brother about this, how like I've been watching, you know, NWA since it started mm-hmm. and, you know, AEW and like the fucking bucks and shit like that. Try to say, Oh, you know, there's no faces and heels. We've moved past that. And it's like, I don't know, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> and you know, there's like the old Shades of Grey and the Attitude Era, but I actually see stuff like this at play mm-hmm. in the NWA show because Nick Aldis will sometimes do things like he'll, he'll be kind of heelish, mm-hmm. but then he'll turn around and do other things like say, Tim Storm, you shouldn't quit because you helped build NWA. You need to stay here. Yeah, that, that's another, like, he does heel things and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to be next to Colt Cabana and Mr. Anderson and we're going to fight you. And... Like he has like this weird sense of honor. He has like a code, but he, and he's sometimes he can do some things that could be construed as taking a shortcut. Mm-hmm. But I don't really think he's a bad guy per se. It's it's interesting. He's just a kind of like Ric Flair kind of thing, a Flair face, if if you will, where he's sure. co- he's cocky, but he's also like you know I'm a man's. Uh, you know, a womanizer, but you know, I'm, I'm God's gift, but you know, I like you respect kind of thing. There, there's other people that do that kind of thing too. Like, uh, uh, Eli Drake seems like he's playing different sides against each other. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like, Oh, he's a baby face, but then it seems like he's getting in somebody else's ear trying to stir things up. Well, yeah, that's what confused me because he was all about like Colt Cabana. You should go after that title and stuff. And then, then he was like with James Storm. 
yeah. <laughs> See, it's like interesting. There's actually like kind of complex narratives and stuff going on in this show <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to like the other two. <laughs> and Bobo, try to tell me if I was correct about this, but during the Cole Cabana and James Storm match, like there was a point where Eli Drake was doing something shitty and then Mr. Anderson was about to punch Eli and then that chick with all this came out and stopped it. Was she just being like, don't do it, you know, let's all be peaceful? Was that- no, I think that was an Aldous play, probably. He was interfering in his own way. Mm-hmm. And uh, Camille, yeah. By the way, she's like a lot bigger than what I thought she was. <laughs> she has a man's body. I'll say that. I don't know about that, but she's she's just fucking tall. Like, and her gimmick is not to speak. <laughs> that's okay. It's getting over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one uh, cornet line that I liked in the Thunder Rosa match where he's like, "You could give a picture of her in prisons of, of sex offenders or something like that." Yeah, cure ill cure sex offenders or something. I was like, ah, I I don't usually that's like she's scared. I mean. I don't know. She seems kind of good looking to me. I wouldn't be afraid of her. <laughs> so. Well, Cornette does this thing where he tries to put a little comedy, and it's not bad or anything, but like every time when Kingston and Homicide comes out, he's like, these guys are <laughs> in the ghetto. They, they... These guys hang out at places where you get shot. It's like really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. It's like over the top. <laughs> oh, that's another thing we could bring up. Did we... T- I think we talked about it off air, but the whole cornet thing where he the SJWs were trying to like get him fired for saying something that he didn't really say. They misconstrued something he said, took context out of it, and misrepresented it, which is their mo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in reference to uh, a review he did of like some kind of UK wrestling show where the guy showed up who and he just looked like a slob. Like, he was wearing, like, sweatpants and, like, shitty tennis shoes and stuff. And and he was doing the ring announcing. And then it was revealed that that guy was also the owner. <laughs> and he said something along the lines of, fuck, like, they should just take that guy out to the parking lot and hang him for dressing like that. That's what he, That's what he said. And then they were trying to say, oh, Cornette's promoting suicide. No, he said they should hang him. <laughs> yeah, and then NW- first, first of all. And then NWA did like a PR thing where you're like, we don't agree what Cornette says and all that stuff. But it's like, of course they had to do that because of, you know, all the... PC culture. Yeah, but, you know, they're not going to get rid of him. He's the best, He's one of the best re- things about uh, the show. Yeah, he is actually, and uh, like I don't know, it's just indicative of like how overly sensitive people are, and how like the the weird cancel culture thing. Mm-hmm. They've tried; they're trying to cancel him, but it won't work. He's independently wealthy; he doesn't depend on these these fucking jobs to get paid. He'll mm-hmm. just fucking leave. <laughs> yeah, he'll just be doing his podcast, which is successful. They but... can't stop that. <laughs> I mean, they could if they wanted to. I I guess, yeah, they could probably petition YouTube or something somehow, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it would happen. But who knows in this world anymore, but NWA Power, what else? Because nothing really stands out to me the most besides 
Thunder Rosa, uh, Nick Aldis, and <laughs> the commercials that happen on the show. Yeah, still. What else was was there? I feel like there was another thing that happened. Um, I don't think there was any other matches really. Uh, the Dawson squashed it. They did a squash match earlier in the show and cut that promo. That was kind of it. Yeah, that was good. Like Kingston came out and he's like, "I want to challenge the Dawsons," and Dawsons were like, "Nah, man, we ain't challenging you." <laughs> I like how they did that, how they, they decide, they're like, no, we'll, we'll think about it. Then they show up right when the show's supposed to end. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, we, we want to do it now. Like, it kind of, like, fucked up the entire show, it seemed like. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and then the referee, referee was like, no, the show's over. What are you doing? <laughs> I think that was a great, great part about that segment. It was the referee was just like, I want to go home. See, they, they thought this out. He's like, the referee's going to want to go home, so maybe he'll count faster, be be more lenient. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anything else before we move on to some Saudi? No. Power's doing well. I am wanting to see the pay-per-view in December into the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, Saudi has into the fire? I thought that was NWA, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, there's the NWA pay-per-view is like, I think it's December 14th or something. You think it's be more than an hour or maybe it'd be two hours? <laughs> I don't know. I think it, it, it'll, I think it'll probably be like about two hours would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to get it. I'm pretty much invested in the product. Well, that's what I was saying to you uh, the other day. I was like, I have NWA at like number one and then it's AEW at number two and then uh, WWE is at number three for me. Yeah. With, an, a, with an asterisk for NXT. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But, you know, NWA is doing pretty good and it's like consistent. There is no like, oh, this was kind of boring. Every episode is like, oh, shit, this is amazing. I kind I can't wait until, you know, this happens. If it's not incredible, it's just fun. You know, nothing's nothing offensive happens. Nothing fucking insults you on this show. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of classic style wrestling. Nobody does fucking crazy moves and they get up and no sell it and shit. <laughs> like AEW, you know, <laughs> like AEW does a lot. It's just it's just good classic style wrestling. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into some a little Saudi. We're not going to talk about the pay-per-view because the only thing that stood out was, wow, Barry Wyatt won a title, and wow, uh, women wrestled in Saudi Arabia with long, really long uh, shirts on. <laughs> which which was a big deal. Props to them for, for doing that. Apparently, it was really hard to convince them to fucking do that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a water bottle was thrown at uh, Natty, by the way. If, uh... Yeah, that was fucking horseshit. Somebody also threw water at Ric Flair, which was fucking that that pisses me off too who the, who the fuck throws water at rick flair i would understand that if this was like 30 years ago or some shit but he's fucking old and everybody knows who he is why would you like disrespect him like that fuck saudi dude <laughs> i was like what the f- you're throwing fucking a water bottle at part of mount rushmore why did you just do that <laughs> but uh I think the reason why they made Bray, Bray win was because of the outrage. And I don't... Here's what really bothers me with WWE. Everybody knows 
they all know that we hate or us Americans or just the whole world hates that WWE goes to Saudi. Because every time Saudi happens, it's usually, you know, let's bring out Hulk Hogan and let's bring out Ric Flair and let's bring out all the legends. It's kind of like a one-shot comic book where it just doesn't really matter to the main storyline. So why did you have all those shitty Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt matches where obviously Bray should have won, but you have Bray win at a, a show that, that doesn't really matter? Then Yeah, not a lot of people want to watch. Only super diehard WWE fans will watch it, mm-hmm. I think. But, uh, like, he should have won that fucking match at the Hell in a Cell. That was dumb. Mm-hmm. It was basically just them backpedaling. Yeah, it's him backpedaling. And do you think that Bray is going to change the title kind of like how, you know, Broken Skull, Steve Austin, belt, or the Brahma Bowl and all that stuff? I thought that he revealed it, and it wasn't that different, I think. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Uh, I kind of think he should have a different title. Apparently, he's on SmackDown now, so maybe the strap should be blue for starters. Wait. Oh, my God. I, I forgot hate, about that. They switched shows for Lesnar and, and Wyatt. I hate when they do that. Well, Wyatt, did, Wyatt didn't switch. He was just he was still challenging for the the Universal title, and he won it. <laughs> but, God damn it! I hate when they do that. Just fucking stick to a brand. It's just really funny to me though because they did all that shit like oh Fox Sports, you yeah, want a sports feel. They want Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's fucking hurt. So you get Brock Lesnar. Okay, that's good enough. You know what happens like a month or so later? He goes back to Raw. <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't think Fox is going to keep SmackDown. I think after a year they're going to be like, nah, sorry. <laughs> they're going to opt out of their contract. They'd, they'd have to buy out, I guess, or some shit. Unless they wrote some kind of clause where they can just say, we're done, and they both walk away. Mm-hmm. Because they're doing really terrible on on ratings, and well, I, here's the thing that really like weirds not weird to me out, but kind of like I thought they were gonna make SmackDown like the show because they're going with Fox, but Raw is still the show. It's the same. Nothing fucking changed. Like th- that was the thing is everybody kept acting like it was going to be different. It was going to be different. I want more of a sports feel. It's like, okay, I want more of a sports feel too. <laughs> then none of that shit fucking happened at all. It's the same goddamn show. It just has a different set. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I got so fucking aggravated with WWE because of all that. Yeah. Cause I think we kind of, well, I didn't, I kind of hyped myself. I know you were kind of just cautious maybe, but we were just yeah. like, Oh, things might change. And I was like, dude, it has to change. And then Vince McMahon never does it. I, I don't know why he doesn't want to pull the trigger on that. I don't know either. But you know what? The first time SmackDown did get a really good rating ever since the debut was when the Saudi Arabia travel problems happened and, and NXT showed up to save the show. <laughs> oh, and when everybody thought that they were, you know, taken hostage. <laughs> Yeah, there's been a lot of really dumb stories that spun out of that whole the the travel mishap that happened when they were trying to get home. I think they just did that so they they could piss off more people about Saudi. Be like, hey, see, they're keeping them hostage. Why are we going to Saudi? 
Yeah, like, uh, I think, let's see, what they said something like, uh, yeah, there, people were starting to say, oh, they're holding them hostage, and then, oh, there's there's travel problems, there's malfunctions, or the, the prince is holding them, and all kinds of stuff was going on. And then some people got to go home and some didn't. And then Vincent Mann went home before everybody else did. And that kind of pissed people off too. <laughs> he just left him. He's like, fuck it. He gets out of there. I, I could I totally see him doing that too. That's what's funny. But then um, it's like, yeah, they had a real skeleton crew left behind of just the people that didn't go. Like Daniel Bryan doesn't go because of uh, moral reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, neither does Sami Zayn because he's Syrian. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a couple other oddball people that didn't go, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, then it was like they just quickly put together a plan, get like Adam Cole and Shayna Baszler up there and some other NXT people to like, get on the show now. Mm-hmm. And it was like it kind of made the show feel very different, too. Like, I think Triple H booked the show, actually. Yeah, because men's were probably like, I got jet lag. I'm going to bed. Okay, you yeah. got the show. <laughs> and then... We got a good SmackDown out of it. And, you know, obviously Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan, and then you had Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins the next day. Adam Cole beat Daniel Bryan clean, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you fucking get people over like that. Instead of this dumb shit where you debut somebody, and it's like they lose or they just don't look that good. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. It's like fucking, I don't know, have him get a win. It's Daniel not, Bryan's not going to get hurt by losing. It's not even that. It's just like, Adam Cole is a champion. Champion should yeah. not be losing. No. Unless it's, like, dirty or something ch- cheating happened. Disqualify, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was good booking, and obviously it felt like a NXT show more than the SmackDown show, because NXT was in it, so. Yeah, and that got, that got a higher rating than a lot of the other shows did. Yeah, before we go into Dave Meltzer thing, I, I guess we could talk about, like, Survivor Series looks interesting now because it's SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. Yep. Before, I hadn't even thought about watching Survivor Series, and then when that happened, and it, it kind of became clear this was their plan for Survivor Series. I was like, okay, I'm actually interested in this because this was something I thought they should have done years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, Why didn't they do this two or three years ago with NXT? You know? I, don't know. I think it would be pretty good if... And I know, like, having authority figures on SmackDown and Raw is kind of stupid, but I think it would be pretty cool if, like, there was a feud between Triple H and Vince McMahon. Like, his brand versus, you know, Triple H's brand. Honestly, they could turn it into, like, this big angle where it's, like, you could take some of real life into it where it's, like, maybe Vince is winding down finally and then he's, like they play off of that whole thing where he's out of touch and he's old and he's like killing the company. Mm-hmm. And Triple H is like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's my right to take over, you know, all this. And they fight over it. Mm-hmm. Not them in a match, just they fight over it promotionally <laughs> or something. Well, I can see like, um, Triple H is like, I'm, I'm taking over. And then all of a sudden, when the band comes out, like the hell you're not. <laughs> and, over my dead body ah! he fakes like a heart attack and he falls over or some <laughs> shit <laughs> well that's offensive you can't do that yeah I, I think it would be interesting if somehow they kind of do like an invasion angle but not really an invasion angle 
where it's like, oh, my kids will be on my side, and it's like, no, they're on Triple H's side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be pretty cool, but are they doing a triple threat Survivor Series match? Uh, no, I don't think that they're doing that. And, like, me and my buddy were kind of talking about that at work, and we kind of determined that would be really hard, borderline impossible to do. <laughs> so are they doing, like, a main show versus NXT kind of thing? It seems like what they're doing is just doing a series of triple threats for, like, each level of title between the shows. Like... Uh, except for a tag, I'm not real sure about that. They're, you know, they're, all the women's champions are in a triple threat. All the mid-card champions are in a triple threat. Mm-hmm. And the world title, you know. But you gotta have the traditional Survivor Series match, right? Well, I think they just had that on the Saudi Arabia show. That would be my guess. Fuck Saudi. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Vince is a real big fan of that concept anymore. Like, he used to like it, and I think he soured on it over time. That's Allegedly, that's what I heard. That's why it doesn't get as much emphasis as it used to. But goddamn, some of those old Survivor Series matches, depending on like what year it is, uh-huh. were like fucking incredible. Like, the one at the end of the Invasion Angle, like in 2001, that's like one of my favorites. It's so fun. Bring it back. Like, they could do an angle where, uh, like, the invasion thing, where it's just like, Raw and SmackDown need to come together to, be, to defeat NXT. Like, that, yeah. that, that would be interesting. Instead of just doing that stupid triple tag team shit. I hate that crap. <laughs> like what AEW likes to do? <laughs> but WWE did, did it kind of first, where just like, Oh, you could tag in another team to be in your spot. That's so stupid. I yeah, I'm I'm starting to not really like that kind of match. I've I've been seeing it a lot in AEW lately. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's retarded. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. What did Dave Meltzer like say about Seth Rollins? Because I heard he made it. Like Seth Rollins made a speech, and apparently Seth Rollins never did this speech, and. Dave Meltzer said, sorry. Yeah, so this this is related to the Saudi Arabia trip. Uh, supposedly after the Raw, after it, Vince called a meeting backstage to just, you know, kind of address what happened and clear up, you know, unruffle some feathers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, uh, apparently he even admitted it was like probably the worst travel story he ever had, like in his whole time of, being there which that says a lot <laughs> he's willing to fucking admit that but then um, he signs more contracts with them <laughs> well apparently it was just a bunch of really dumb shit like bad luck from what i understand it was something like the plane was overweight and they had to move the luggage or switch planes and then it became a fuel issue because of all of the weight on that plane they didn't have enough fuel so they had to refuel or oh, some man. shit. Yeah, and then there was, like, some problem with, like, the landing gear or whatever that they discovered. And no, no. They, when they were going to fuel the shit, something broke off in the process when they were withdrawing the fuel, the refueling thing, and it fucked up that part of the plane. So they had to get another plane from Germany to come over. <laughs> it, it just sounded insane. Like, all of the worst fucking shit that could happen is, is what it sounded like happened. Just a lot of bad luck, I guess. <laughs> That's when they do these overseas shows, and then 
have like a smackdown the next day or something. That's what always happens on these fucking overseas tours. It doesn't it's not just like, you know, Saudi Arabia. Every time they have like some kind of European tour, I always hear about some kind of crazy travel thing that happens. Like there was that time they got stuck in Iceland because of the volcano a few a few years ago. Mhm. A lot of guys couldn't leave. Um but anyways, uh Dave Meltzer kind of spun this story that Seth Rollins gave a rah-rah speech. Those were his words. Mm-hmm. And it was some kind of thing to try to, like, promote unity and stuff and don't fucking dissent or talk shit about the Saudi Arabia thing. And I guess we've been given a lot... I think we've been talking a lot of shit about how Seth should just, like, stop fucking engaging people on the internet because I think it's starting to affect him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his attitude and everything. Well, he, here's his thing, like... All Seth Rollins had to say on Twitter is like, Dave, I never said this before. I don't know where you're getting that story. Or not tweet at all. But he does this whole thing where he's like, you know, you guys say you're fans and you're always going to watch our stuff. I make more money than you. Well, in this case, he pretty much did what you said. He he said first, that's not true. That's not what happened. I never said anything. And then he took an interview with... Uh, Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful or something. He's like the one of the other bigger news guys mm-hmm. in wrestling. And uh, he pretty much said in the interview, I didn't say anything during that whole meeting. In fact, AJ Styles was the one that spoke up and said something, and nobody ever said anything about it. <laughs> and it was pretty much AJ Styles venting and complaining and, and shit. Well, he, always, <laughs> he always complains and upped up down down when he loses on video video games so i could totally see him doing that <laughs> i'm not calling him like like he's bitching or anything apparently he had something he was supposed to do i bet a lot of people had stuff they were supposed to do but you know he's older he has a family and shit i can understand why he's frustrated mm-hmm. so but yeah dave Meltzer made a retraction after that so he owned up to it i guess but it, i guess it was apparent he was spinning lies like he usually does yeah, <laughs> he he does this thing where he's just like, I heard something like this, and if it sticks, it's true. But if it doesn't stick, it's fake. I hate fucking listening to him talk or reading what he says. <laughs> it's so aggravating. He's like, so, you know, like things change. I don't know. <laughs> this is like all the shit that he always says. I don't know. I mean, things could change. Seth maybe said that. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Because <laughs> he's trying to cover himself where he goes, he could have said it, but I don't know. But if he does say it, I'm really sorry, and I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> fucking stupid. I hate him and Brian Alvarez's show. It's so fucking annoying. And I'm a person that hates WWE, but, like, listening to both... It's more of Brian Alvarez bitching and just Dave Meltzer going, what you just said... You know, this may have happened. I don't know. It might have happened, but but if it did, and I'm just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> it's like he's having a fucking stroke whenever he's trying to like explain himself. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention he's a fucking mark for like uh, fucking Omega and like a lot of those Japan people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying. I don't hate. I don't just blindly hate WWE or hate the shit. I got my taste, but like. Seven stars out of five. It's like, fuck, are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> come on. <clears throat> um, 
I guess we could talk quickly about NXT real quick. Finn, uh, Finn, Finn Balor, and I'm wearing a Balor Club shirt. There it is. Turned heel. That's right. He single-handedly became interesting again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In a big way. He basically came in and was like, you know, I I, I don't even remember. I I haven't seen the promo that he cut yet with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it. But allegedly he said something like, I'm back here. Uh, I didn't have to come back here. And he basically said this is his yard. You know, he's reestablishing his territory kind of thing. Please don't say my yard now. This is my yard now. God, that was so, uh, so lame. I hate I hated when The Undertaker said it, too. He's like, this is my yard. And I'm like. That was, that was probably one of the greatest heel promos of all time. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> Oh, the the day after WrestleMania, where everybody the Roman Reigns tried to like say shit, nobody would let him say shit, and then he's just like, "It's my yard now." Then everybody wanted to fucking murder him. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was another time where they should have made him heal, but I digress on that. Yeah, no point in fucking beating that dead horse. It's over. Yeah, but I, I'm interested to see what Finn could do. In the beginning, I kind of thought he was going to be undisputed, but I think he's more of just like. On my own wrecking machine. The real rock and roller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, maybe the prince will come back. I do know that he said that. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, didn't we, we, we talked on Facebook where we were just like, imagine he just like made his club, but he was the only person in the club. I kept saying that. I've had that fucking idea forever, ever since he started to get kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying he's a boring performer. It's just that, like, he, he got <clears> to <throat> a point where he was winning and losing matches a lot, like 50-50. Mm-hmm. Then he started to lose more often, and then he just wouldn't have segments. He wouldn't cut any promos. They wouldn't let him talk. And they was just like, you know what? They should just turn Finn heel and say, Balor Club. He had that shirt that said Balor Club for everyone. It was promoting, like, you know, fucking acceptance of everybody the, kind of thing. The uh, LGBTQ, Y-N-T-C. Crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. If he wants to promote that, that's fine. But yeah, like, fine. Uh, <laughs> it's like you know, you take that shirt and you just be like Balor Club for everyone, and then he rips it up, and he's like Balor Club for no one. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one member of this club, me. <laughs> it would be fu- it would be funny if he just they do a segment where he uh, doesn't want anybody to have his merch, so he goes beats up the merch guy. He has one shirt that he wears. It says Balor Club on it, and on the back it says no admittance. <laughs> That's not even a shirt you can buy. It's just something he wears. It's like Ciampa's shirt when he when he first turned heel. Like that was like that shirt that he had. It said Blackheart on it, and nobody could buy it. It's just like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would be funny if like he just rips up a kid's fucking sign that says Balor Club makes the kid cry they don't do enough of that these days well kids might get their fifis hurt probably i mean i got my fifis hurt as a kid several times but i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) yeah but we'll see what happens hopefully he does the the prince debit thing where he was just a dick to everybody so he was just this really good asshole heel like you know He's pretty intense, too. I'm kind of looking forward. If that's what he's going to do, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So before we get into your AEW experience, uh, Stone Cold is coming out with another show on the WWE Network. Uh, I think it's called the Broken Skull Show or something like that. Broken Skull Broadcast. Yeah, and his first guest is going to be The Undertaker, which is a big deal. Yeah. Because The Undertaker is going to be out of character talking about his shit. What if he was in character? Uh, I'd probably get annoyed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That seems like something they should do on the Edge of Christian Joe or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you do for fun? He just kind of like sits there and just glares at them. Reading. And then Christian's like, you remember that time you sent Edge to hell? Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see it now. Call me, guys. Call me. Uh, didn't they put a hiatus on the Edge and Christian show? Uh, yeah, because their schedules were getting kind of wonky. Like, I, it was like Edge more than, more than Christian. I think he was doing a lot of acting stuff in Ireland. Yeah, probably doing more sci-fi shit. <laughs> no, he was in that Vikings show. He's oh, like one of the characters on there. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot. It's, his name's like Flat Nose or some shit. Like, he's got a fucked up nose. I, that's all I remember. <laughs> I haven't seen Vikings yet, but I kind of want to. <laughs> yeah, because I heard Edge was pretty good. He's good on the sci-fi shows that he was on. Becky Lynch was also in Vikings. Oh, shit. She wasn't like a character, though. She was just like one of the people in a battle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was in one of the Marines, but I I don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> she was the one where she, she beats up Shawn Michaels, and that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Shawn Michaels acting is funny. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this podcast, because Undertaker does interviews almost never. <laughs> well, I just want Stone Cold... To produce everything. I don't want WWE producing it, which is probably going to happen anyway. But uh, I like, you could tell when Stone Cold is having genuine conversations because I listen to his podcast. Yeah. And if I notice something is scripted and forced in some way, like the uh, John Moxley or Dean Ambrose interview. Yeah, that was a disaster. Mm-hmm, I'm going to be disappointed. But if it's more. You know, shoot interviews. I might dig it. You know. Yeah, just I would just leave him alone. Just tell him like, hey, no real coarse language. Which he he had a separate show at one time where he had no coarse language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like when he was with a different podcasting outfit, so he can do it. He can fucking control himself. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't have. Don't drink. There you go. He just doesn't want to control himself. <laughs> I don't want to control myself either. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. So you went to AEW Dynamite show. That's right. I went uh, two weeks ago. I, or, it, what, more than that now, I think. Yeah, the Rick and Morty uh, special. Fuck, it was three weeks ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it, but it has been. That was on my birthday. It feels like um, two weeks at, at least, but three weeks, goddamn. Yeah, but when I was there, like, first off, it was a pretty good-sized crowd. They didn't fill up the whole arena. Apparently, they rarely do fill up the whole arena. Mm -hmm. But it was like three-quarters of the arena was full, uh, which is more than what I thought there'd be. And everybody, I asked, he was like, do we sound good? And he was like, yeah, you said, yeah, we do. So I was like, all right. It sounded, it got pretty loud sometimes in there. Yeah, it was um, pre- it was pretty loud. I I want to say the go home show, where, where the go home before you know full gear, 
was kind of quiet, and that was more tarped out than uh, West Virginia. I heard that. That was in Charlotte, which was, like, really surprising to me because uh, I I figured there'd be more of a crowd for them in Charlotte, and, they're, like, Charleston outdid them. Like, that's shocking to me. I think the, I think the honeymoon moon phase is ending. I think it was like I was telling my brother when we were there, we were leaving. He was like, way more people show up than what I thought. And I was like, well, it, it's it kind of goes back to he watched like one episode of Jim Cornette's podcast one time where somebody asked a question about how they were going to run a show in Charleston. It's like, really? Like why? And then Cornette went on to explain that Charleston used to be like a pretty good stop for the, um, for the Jim Crockett promotions back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that would be a good town for them. Like back in the eighties. Well, you saw the Rock and Roll Express there, right? I did. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I wasn't alive. I didn't see them in the eighties, but I, I fucking know who they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were they were pretty over. It surprised me how over they were. Um, but I told him it's like in this area, like this. There's a lot of wrestling fans that live in this state. I feel not a lot, but there's a lot of hardcore ones. Mm-hmm. Like comparatively speaking to like, oh, you know, you could do a show in like New York City or something. No, it won't compare. But there's a lot of really hardcore fans here. Mm-hmm. That's what I think most of the show was made up of. Well, yeah, and it just, the only thing I hated about that show that you went to was the goofy shit, like the whole, you know, six-man tag with, you know, best friends and uh, Orange Cassidy as the Rick and Morty people. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell was going on when I got there, and like the fucking ring posts were like lime green. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? And then apparently it was like this Rick and Morty thing. I heard somebody was there from Rick and Morty in the crowd is why they were doing that or Uh something. Uh, But yeah, I hated that fucking segment with, because I hate the best friends. And and then there was that fucking thing with Omega and the Bucks and they were doing all their fucking crazy shit that never ends. I got to call out the Bucks. Every time they team up with Kenny Omega, they have to do, like, a video game costume bullshit, and the Bucks are always Ryu and Ken. I think that's just left over from when they did uh, Firefest. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know that's what that's from. They did that at Firefest. Like, Kenny Omega came out of Sands from Undertale, which at first I was like, why is he doing that? And then I was like, oh, wait, it's, it's Halloween. I forgot. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, okay. And then the Bucks came out as Ryu and Ken, and I was like, but that's the same fucking costume you got. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, what I noticed in the internet, uh, Kenny was over with doing that uh, Undertale bullshit because all the people were just like, what is this in wrestling? So I guess that kind of caught their eye, but I guarantee you once they watch the other part of the show, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, and then they tune out because every week is not going to be goofy. Hopefully, <laughs> but you know it was a fun show, even though I had a critical eye on things more so that there than here because it's like I told you, like I don't got any commentary and all these multiple camera angles. All I could do is focus on what's happening in front of me. Well, when they were doing those six man tags, I I asked you since you were there, was it crazy as it is on TV? <laughs> yes it was 
it was like it, it was actually a little worse for me because the, even the commentary couldn't help you. Although sometimes the commentary fucking loses track of what's happening too. Mm-hmm. Jr. just gives up half time. This shit's fucking indecipherable. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> I love when Jr. makes fun of everybody, and I, I wonder if that's starting to piss off the talent a little bit. I don't know. They're not gonna get rid of him. <laughs> that would be fucking stupid. Because cause every time like Kenny does something, he's like. <laughs> he'll he'll go. Kenny's mentally unstable. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yeah, arguably Jr. is more valuable than a lot of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like, f- fucking debate me on that. <laughs> like, they're not going to get rid of him anytime soon. <laughs> well, I know Tony Khan is a hardcore uh, wrestling fan because he's more of he he has a a lot of variety. By the way, he loves everything. And I think yeah, I don't. I can't say the same. <laughs> And I and I think that's what you see in AEW, where there's like, you have Cody who's doing the old school stuff. You have Kenny who's more of the Japanese, but he's handling the women's division, and obviously the Young Bucks, where everybody does flippy bullshit stuff. They yeah. like the spot fest match. Mm-hmm. Which we will talk about soon. If you want to, do you want to start diving into full gear? Um. Yeah, because, uh, I don't know, there's really not much else to say about my experience at Charleston. To me, the best part was when Jericho and Cody came out and did their segment. And the best match was, like, Sammy Guevara and and Adam Page. That was was pretty much it. Cowboy shit. Yeah, he did the cowboy shit promo. I was there for that, the Mm. birth of that. And you were there for the Moxley promo, too. Yeah, the Mox promo, okay, that was good, too. I forgot, because it wasn't as long as some of the other stuff. They he won. saved us. He saved us from a death segment. The fucking librarians came out, and then he killed him. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, thank God." <laughs> I'm actually starting to love that gimmick where they come out and just start shushing the crowd. Ugh. it's so lame, but it's not nearly as fucking offensive as some of the other shit they let on their show. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that they're not kind of like getting all SJW, where it's just like. Oh, the man is wrestling, and the woman is just like a manager kind of thing. Even Oliva Bates knows how to wrestle. I heard she had a really bad match on AEW Dark with Nyla Rose a couple weeks ago. Oh, I didn't even see that. Like, I don't know whose fault it was. I haven't seen it. Like, the only thing I can say is, I know she has way more experience than Nyla Rose. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to blame that on, on her because I was saying in like the other matches I've seen her, like she fucks up a lot. She's kind of green. So yeah, that's well, a, who knows? That's the thing. Like Nyla Rose, it seemed like they were setting her up to be like this monster person. And then it's like, Oh, you're not really that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's like they, they kind of had, I think they overexposed her. Hmm. She got exposed as being not quite ready, I think. And it's like, okay, back that off. And then they brought Kong out of retirement. <laughs> well, no, she lost to a 70-pound woman, so. 98 pounds. Yeah, 98. <laughs> that's 30 more. That's 38 more pounds. No, actually, that'd be 108. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the pre-show. So I know you didn't see all of it, but there was just like, they did all the video packages for every single match. And yeah, I just watched the match, so I guess you go over the videos. Well, the videos are great. I think that's one positive I'll say about AEW is that they know how to make video packages. Uh, 
WWE used to do good video packages, but now they're just like it's so generic and so bland. While this one, it kind of feels a little personable, mm-hmm. especially with Moxley and Omega, where Moxley was, you know, reminiscing on his CZW in Philadelphia. Yeah. The only thing I hate about that video package is Kenny Omega throwing roses in the camera like an idiot. It's like, I swear to God, it's like he listens to Jim Cornette's podcast where he calls him fucking Kenny Olivier performing his art at the Hammersmith Odeon. (laughs) (laughs) Because he acts so stagey and shit. He's like, all right, you say that, fine. He puts on sunglasses and throws roses at the camera in slow motion. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how else to explain that. Well, he's, he's very anime when it comes to his promos, and you could tell how he talks, too, because he does that wide eyes and, like Cornette says, theater, in a way. It's like, I'm going to beat you, Mox. I'm going to go to the, that dark place. Fuck. <laughs> Kenny Omega is a living anime character, a human anime character. You heard it here. <laughs> But everything was good. Uh, the Young Bucks. I, the one thing I want to say about the Young Bucks promo package, I'm tired of hearing that their father built a ring in the backyard, and that's how you know they they never went to college because they just were practicing doing backyard wrestling. Well, you know what? My father couldn't build a ring in my backyard because I have no backyard. <laughs> so there. And I went to college, and I didn't fucking finish, because it sucked. There, now you know my life story. (laughs) What the fuck? Santana Ortiz, I I hate the whole proud and powerful bullshit name, by the way. I I mean, I don't know. You can't call them LAX. They're not really LAX. They could come up with a better name, but proud and powerful, whatever. I'm okay with it. I don't hate it, but I don't really like it that much either. It's just, eh, it's okay. So, Britt Baker versus Bea Priestley. B. B. Priestley. Like Bumblebee. So, I heard Britt Baker had a flu, and she still did the match. So, and I couldn't really tell. I didn't I didn't see her winded. I didn't see her uh, sick in any way. She must have been on, on a lot of uh, drugs, it, the good drugs to, you know, make you feel better or something. I thought she looked a little slower than usual. Like when I was watching her, so like that's the only thing I noticed. Well, I think you said that maybe B probably carried her a little bit, but this is one of Britt Baker's probably good matches. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that in a bad way because Britt Baker, uh, I don't know how many people know this, she's only been wrestling for two years, and a lot of those two years was spent with her still in school. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, they, they talk a lot about, oh, she's a dentist. Guess what? In this match, they didn't say she was a dentist once. Good. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> Even though they use it in their name, DMD and all that stuff. I'm used to it, though. That's okay. I, I would just rather call her Dr. Britt Baker because it sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Because there's, like, I don't know if you're <clears throat> like a fucking redneck or some shit, but it's like that guy in NASCAR, Dr. Jerry Punch. <laughs> it's like he's a doctor why is he a doctor it's just like immediately you have more questions about that person mm-hmm. <laughs> dr Britt baker she's a doctor why like <laughs> yeah b had it i'm really impressed with b Priestley. um 
I love how she's somewhat of a striker, where she just fucking kicks the back of the head and does like these drop kicks on the back of the head. She's a very, she kind of mixes the striking of the Japanese style with the the British wrestling. Mm-hmm. Cause I noticed in this match, she did several moves. Like she must be a fan of William Regal. Cause she, she straight up lifted two of his moves in this match. Oh, she, um, she is British, I believe. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I think they said she was from New Zealand, but like still same thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they might get mad, <laughs> but, but like, uh, she did the, the regal plaques that, that thing he used to do from behind, like lift their leg up and just dump them on their head. Mm-hmm. And then she did a regal stretch. I was like, damn, she's pulling out regal moves. There it is. <laughs> I hate when Britt Baker tries to do the three amigos. It just doesn't look good at all. Well, she had the flu. Even when she doesn't have the flu, it doesn't <laughs> look really well at all. Because I I don't know if you noticed, but she does she does work out, but she still looks skinny as fuck. And when she's doing those moves, it's just like it's you could tell it's the other person's like flying, uh, jumping the move so, so she could do like a suplex. Yeah, she doesn't like. She's kind of. Uh, I won't call her like skinny. She's kind of thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe slender would be a better one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she is clearly in shape. It's just yeah, she doesn't look like she has a lot of upper body strength. Unlike uh, B Priestley, who just looks kind of jacked. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Hey, quickly, but, keep on talking about this match. I just want to get another drink because I ran out of a drink. So keep on talking. Okay. All right. So uh, they kind of finally explained the point of the feud, which I was always confused about. So why do they, why do they hate each other? So apparently they hate each other because uh, B uh, went out of her way to hurt Britt Baker multiple times. And they, they kind of explained on commentary, that's against wrestler code. That's something. I wish we could have heard that earlier. Um, Taz was on caller commentary here, which was surprising, and it was kind of nice to hear him again. Hey, who was that? Taz. Oh, yeah. What I love about the Taz commentary, where he was just like, you notice he wanted to just outright say like curse words, but he like stopped himself. <laughs> it's another guy who doesn't want to fucking control himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, I heard Taz like, man, you know it'd be great if they just got rid of Excalibur and put Taz in his place. <laughs> it would be, it would be like SmackDown all over again. I'm waiting for Excalibur to be like, I'm getting bullied by Tony and Jr. a lot. <laughs> Two old people are bullying me. <laughs> you know how fucking lame that make you sound. Very lame. Um, but yeah, uh, I was really impressed with Priestley in this match. She is very fast, and she's very, very good. Very fast for a thick woman, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't know. I, I guess you have to be good to wrestle in Japan, and she's good, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk about what, I mean, how it finished was pretty good. Britt Baker had to get a win. If she didn't get a win... It would have downgraded Britt Baker a lot, especially when she's the first woman to get signed with AEW. Uh, yeah, she needed a win, mm-hmm. and uh, like she she did her finisher that logjaw that fucking submission is like nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that move. 
The only um, the thing I kept on saying is like, don't put your fingers in your mouth. You're sick. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna give you the flu. She should have yelled that at her while she had her in the fucking hole. <laughs> That'd have been great. I guarantee. Um, I guarantee you, she's gonna get sick, or at least maybe. half the locker room at least. We'll see. Uh, the other thing I have to say about the match itself is I I don't know if. They have B Priestley in like a, a real contract or some kind of part time thing because she still wrestles in stardom. Mm-hmm. But I just heard stardom got bought out by New Japan. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But if they don't have her in like a real contract, they need to get her because they need good women like bad. Mm-hmm. And she's better than like a lot of the other people that they have. Do you want to talk about what happened after that match? Where... Oh, oh, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome Kong comes out. By the way, lost a lot of weight and looks really, really good. Yeah, she looks like she she's lost some pounds there. She's looking pretty good now. Mm-hmm. But since she's teaming up with a Brandy Rhodes, and I don't know, the the one thing that really like weirds me out is like it feels very hokey what they're doing because Brandy did that promo where like she's a leader of like a witch cult kind of thing going on. And then she has, like, Awesome Kong taking out a fucking knife and cutting people's hair and putting it on the belt. Yeah, like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. It's, like, something different a little bit. Mm-hmm. Other than how the the vignettes or whatever are a little much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just weird because it just kind of happened out of nowhere. Like, out of the blue, this started happening. But why, and why be Priestley? I think what... I think this is going to kind of ape. Do you remember when she was karma in WWE and she would just attack everybody? Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen here is they're just going to run rough shot on everybody. Like I wouldn't be surprised if uh, on Wednesday Britt Baker is going to have a match and they fucking run her down and cut her hair off, <laughs> you know, for example, I thought or they, they would... get, or they get Riho or something. I thought they would cut off more like, at like a real like thick portion of the hair. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's it's different. It could lead to a, an actual different storytelling element in the women's division. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where it goes. I guess. Yeah. So I rated the Britt Baker match just based on it was Britt Baker's one of her best matches, and V Priestley does really well in the ring, and. I thought the story of it was pretty good with B Priestley, where she's like had disrespect for Britt Baker. I thought they played that pretty well in the match, so I gave it a six point five out of ten. I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. Oh shit! Just a touch more. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, you know they ended then, then they went into the main show. Which was pretty odd. Maybe they heard all the you know stuff about the pre-show being shitty, so they didn't want to like jam pack with shitty matches. So I guess that was pretty good. Have all the video packages, and then you know maybe like one or two matches is their thing now. Yeah, maybe they're listening to the uh, the the podcasts, the commentary, the reviews because it does suck. Like mm-hmm. that was I, I don't know what the people had to go through before. And all the buy-ins. Mm-hmm. But I always heard it was, like, really bad, really bullshitty kind of stuff. Apparently, they save more of that stuff for AEW Dark now. 
So it's like, okay, I guess. At least you spared me. Yep. So the first match is a doozy, by the way. Young Bucks versus proud and powerful, you know, uh, Santana and Ortiz. And pretty much what happened before this match is the... If you remember when Jericho went on the Titan Tron, he's like, hey, Santana Ortiz are going to cha- want to challenge the Young Bucks. And then the Young Bucks did that cheesy thing, came in the ring and said, we accept, while staring down in the camera like an idiot. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that's how it, th- it came to be. And their whole story was... Uh, you know, the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the business, apparently. And Proud and Powerful want to beat the best tag team in the business. And that, that that's what they were going, you know, on about in the story-wise of department. I want to say with the Young Bucks, really impressed with this. Because it, it, they did have their flippy bullshit, but it, it was very grounded, if you noticed. Yeah, they didn't let loose as much. They tried to, uh, they they tried to like uh, rein themselves in, I think, and they actually tried to like tell a little story where like Nick fucked his leg up and he was getting his leg fucked up by Ortiz and Santana. But there was a part where uh, Jr. had to like excuse what was happening because he was starting to do like super kicks and kicking them like it was nothing. That's where they killed it. They they killed everything they built in that match at that point. Hmm. Because uh, I think Jr. says something like the adrenaline is kicking in or something like that. Man, if you like kick a, a fucking post as hard as you can and hit it with your shin, mm-hmm. I don't think you're gonna be doing all that shit. Especially when you're like, he might have a hairline fracture. No, it's like if a minute, if like a few minutes ago, he tries to do a springboard, which I don't, you know, he can't even stand on the top ropes or the middle ropes. How mm-hmm. is he kicking him? It's bullshit. <laughs> what do you think of Ortiz, Ric Flair selling? By the way, oh man, Ortiz was super entertaining in his match. He's got points for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was doing like at first. I like that thing where they were uh, they're doing like good brawling kind of stuff, and they have kind of their own flashy moves too. They're a little bit more grounded, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like everything that they do. This is like the first really long match I've seen them have. Yeah, you remember. Oh, when, when we have a discussion, I'm like, I wonder who the heels and the faces are. And you're just like, there is no more heels and faces. So I was watching one of the <laughs> podcasters again, and he flipped out because he's like, you know, the Young Bucks did something heelish with the referee. And then people cheered for the heels. And I'm like, dude, they don't do that anymore. Like, everything is a blur now. Even if they do any heel tactic, everything people are doing is just so that they can win. They, that's what they say. It's like, there's no faces and heels, man. But as far as I'm concerned, they don't even do it like how WWE did it in the Attitude Era. <laughs> like, it's not even as good as that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'd say Santana and Ortiz were acting like heels in this match. Mm-hmm. They were. They were trying to get heat. They were, you know, doing, being arrogant and shit. Like, I love that shit where, like, uh, Nick went to kick uh, Ortiz on the outside and he missed. And he fucked his leg up, and then Ortiz got in front of the camera. He's like, "I'm a genius! I'm a genius!" He just started freaking out. Yeah, that was great. 
he did the thing, yeah, where he like got super kicked and he did that insane like Ric Flair like flop where he like looked like he had a seizure standing up and he just fell forward. Yeah, I laughed really loud. That's when I texted you. I'm like, oh man, Ortiz is doing Ric Flair selling right now. That was like a Ric Flair flop with the Devon seizure. <laughs> they, like he combined the two of them. Yeah, and right when Nick hit the post, I was like, oh, Young Bucks are losing. Yeah, I, I felt like they're probably going to lose this because that, that hurt just looking at it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> well, what I thought was going to happen, I thought there was going to be a draw for some strange reason because I was like, man, Young Bucks have been losing a lot. I don't think they could handle another loss, but you, you can't have Proud and Powerful lose because of the inner circle. They got to win. They got to get established because they got to they got to establish more tag teams. Mm-hmm. So I think the Bucks are in kind of a position where they can take some losses. Mm-hmm. Omega is another story, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else because Matt Jackson is weird to me because I don't. It's just more of a personal reference. I think Nick Jackson is more of a wrestler than Matt Jackson. Because Matt is so fucking small compared to Nick. <laughs> Nick's a little taller, yeah. He's a little bit bigger than him. But it, it kind of seems like that. I've heard that before. Like, Matt or Nick's a little better. Mm-hmm. He might want to consider cutting his hair soon. <laughs> oh, his, his uh, receding hairline? It's receding I didn't really notice it until somebody else pointed it out. Now it's all like I can't help but look at it. He's ended up like Shawn Michaels before he retired. And <laughs> Matt has that fucking stupid sideburns and shit. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The Rock and Roll Express was at ringside for this match and featured prominently. Mm-hmm. Like, PMP came out there, and they were, like, fucking spitting at him and shit, which was like, oh, my God, like, you assholes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, let's see what else happened. A lot of the double-team moves Santana and Ortiz did in his match were, like, cool. Mm-hmm. It like, was, they did that, they it, did that thing with the uh, the camel clutch and the, the Guerrero special and the half crab or whatever. <laughs> JR, <laughs> JR kind of said, this is pretty cool, but... They have to win. One of them has to go back to their corner. No, man, it's all about inflicted punishment. <laughs> they come from places where you hang out, you get shot. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I really liked about this match, it wasn't a typical Young Bucks, we're going to make a car crash thing and everybody's going to do a dance move. Like, they had their dance moves, but they were they were pain. It wasn't more like, I'm going to do a uh, a swanton bomb, and then you're just going to stand up, and then you're going to do like a cutter kind of thing. Yeah. And what, I know you have a mouth thing, by the way. What did you think of that part where like Nick spits gum at Santana, and then he picks it up and puts it in his mouth? <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> first of all, I was like, wow, Nick, you suck at spitting. And then I found out it was gum, and I was like, Oh no! Is is he gonna eat it? <laughs> he did, and he did it. And everybody just started chanting, "You sick fuck! You sick fuck!" He doesn't. He gives no fucks. Mm-hmm. He, he comes from a place where you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> what is the proud and powerful uh, finisher move, by the way? The street sweeper. 
Oh yeah, that's right. It's that uh, power bomb into a blockbuster, mm-hmm. which is good. That's a good uh, finishing move. Man, the Bucks did one move earlier in the match that could have been a tag team finisher. Didn't finish anybody. <laughs> it was like a power bomb into a sliced bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, "What the fuck? That should be a finisher too." It's not. Yeah, the, <laughs> their finisher move is the Meltzer driver, which is stupid. That thing, yeah, I've seen people kick out of that move too. I'm like, what the fuck? It's that's like a spike power driver with somebody doing a 450. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should just kill people. Yeah. So when Proud and Powerful win, I guess they had to make the Young Bucks somewhat strong. Where even though they had like old people help them, <laughs> hey, that was awesome, man. You you could have expected Ricky Morton to do all that shit. <laughs> fucking canadian destroyer he did a canadian destroyer to suicide dive i was like what the hell is he doing like i had to open up a can so <laughs> trying to mute it as fast as i can um you got any other thoughts about this match no i was just really impressed on how young bucks were grounded i think they had to have nick jackson get hurt in order to make it grounded and I was impressed about it, and I'm happy that Proud and Powerful won. But also yeah. also happy that the Young Bucks are putting people over instead of just, you know, not doing the whole Kogan thing where we ha- always have to go over kind of thing. I don't do jobs, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I gave it an 8 out of 10. What, what did you give it? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. But there's reasons for that. It would have earned higher, but it's because of some of the stuff that happened in the match that it got points knocked off. I was highly was, entertained. I was too, and like I like that proud and powerful one. I like them as a team. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty entertaining. So I'm looking forward to them getting more TV time. But I got to give props to the Bucks because they tried to have a wrestling match, but it seems like they just can't get out of their own way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because they they tried they they actually tried to do it but they kind of they sabotage themselves when they do like the oh my leg's fine I'll kick the fuck out of both of these guys now <laughs> and I'm I'm running around and no selling my leg that might be fucking have a hairline fracture in it it's like you just sabotaged all of the psychology you built in the match you just did doesn't even fucking matter I guess yeah <laughs> I don't get it all right so eight out of ten and seven point five. Moving on to Pac-Man, or Pac, uh, Pac, why did I say Pac-Man? Holy shit. Because you, I think you were thinking about Hangman and Pac. Yeah. So you <laughs> put them together. Uh, the Bastard Pac versus Hangman Page. And uh, I like that the cowboy shit's getting over. It's a shirt now. I actually tweeted uh, Tony Khan. I was like, you better make this shit a t-shirt. <laughs> he listened. He listens to us sometimes. Oh, before we move on to the, the Pac match, did you see the part where he uh, tagged his foot and like, the referee is like, no, this is not happening? Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that. Because, uh, yeah, uh, I think Santana tried to tag Ortiz's foot, and then the ref was like, no, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, they're finally drawing boundaries on tags. <laughs> they're listening. Yeah, that's why I said that. They're listening to our show. I like how JR still ranted about that, though. He's like, why not? Fuck it. He's like, he didn't say fuck it, but he's like, you could slap people on the back. Why, why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny. 
JR likes to fucking mess around. He does. Um, the next match, I'm not putting down on it. They both did good. It was just more of a, I'm going to throw you into the barricades a lot and try to do my big moves kind of thing. But I really like how Hangman was, oh, dude, when Hangman uh, went through that fucking chair and the concrete, did it look like he hurt himself for real? I think his back took a lot of that there because when he turned over and you could see his back, you could tell he got rubbed pretty raw doing it. Um, I think it was safe though. I don't think he was hurt because mm-hmm. he didn't seem like he was hurt. Yeah, and I was like, "Ouch, dude!" But like, the, nothing was memorable about this match. And Andy is messaging me on Facebook if anybody hears a ding on our show. I don't know how yeah, to turn off sound. <laughs> I'm getting messaged too. But uh, yeah, like there was a lot of suplexes. Because uh, Pac likes to do his suplex. What do you think of the lariat that uh, Hangman Page does, where he like flips over the ropes and does that clothesline? Oh, the buckshot lariat. I like it a lot. He he does really good clotheslines too, as Jr. was saying. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I I agree with him when he was saying about Page. Though I think he should do less high flying stuff. Yeah, because he he actually started doing like high flying shit, and I was like, stop it. Because so, that's the new Japan Hangman Page coming out. I just like that he, you know, he's grounded. He likes to do clothesline. He does his dead eye. He, uh, he does cowboy shit. Cow- yeah, cow- like cowboys don't fly. <laughs> sometimes they do when they get bucked off their horse. Yeah, but I don't get me wrong. He's he's very capable of doing the two high flying moves he does. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, I don't think he should do them all the time. Like, I think he should save, like, the moonsault and the suicide dive for big matches. You know? Instead, and instead, when he's on TV, don't do that stuff. Just stick to doing good wrestling. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the barricades being metal? Do you think somebody's going to get hurt soon? The I mean- way they get slung around and stuff, like, when they hit them and they go flying back into people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that could potentially cause a problem at some point. <laughs> I used to always wonder, like, why did they get rid of the the, the steel railing thing? Because remember when when like WWE phased that out, mm-hmm. and they went to like the big padded wall shit. Like, I don't know what the hell they call that. <laughs> uh, and I was like, it just it just happened one day, and then like I started thinking about, it. I was like, what happened? Why did they do that? I think I I know why they did that now. <laughs> oh yeah, because. You know, if somebody flies into the barricade and some fucking pregnant woman gets hit or some shit or some child gets fucking plowed over because, like, a 200-plus-pound wrestler just ran to steel. And it <laughs> lost all his teeth. Yeah, like, it's a lawsuit or something waiting to happen. Mm. But that, that's what I felt about this match. Like, they were getting out of control in the beginning. I was like, oh, no, don't do this out of control. Gonna walk around the fucking ring and throw into the barricades bullshit. Because... You know, there's either two reasons. Either A, somebody's really pissed off and wants to, you know, beat somebody up, or two, one of them is tired already and they they need to do stuff out of the ring. But, but I think it was more of a storyline where Adam Page is like, enough is enough, I'm just going to fuck shit up. Yeah, he's mad because Pac low-blowed him and shit. Mm-hmm. But, 
I didn't really mind that. I, I do think they did that a little too much, too much thrown into the barricade. Mm-hmm. I didn't write that down, but you're right. They did do it like, I think Hangman did it four or five times in the match, and I think Pac did it back to him a few times too. Mm-hmm. So really, did they did the throw into the barricade spot like maybe eight times in this fucking match. <laughs> it's like too much, man. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I liked the match. It was intense. Uh, I liked all the brawling. There was a really funny part where when Adam Page did his uh, suicide dive, JR called it a suicida el torpedo. <laughs> and he, he was he was just fucking around. He was joking, but but like uh, he's like suicida el torpedo, and then like Excalibur's like, uh, to- uh, what did you say? He's like they used to call that a suicide dive back in my day. He's like, well, that's what Tope Suicida means. That's that in Spanish. He's like, well, it's a suicide dive. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Well, what's funny, uh, well, what's funny about that is like every time Excalibur says Tope, to, whatever he say and shit, like Tope Suicida, mamma mia. He can't do it like Mala Ronaldo, but whatever. <laughs> but like Tony gets excited now every time he says, he's like, yes, I've been waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, he's like making fun of him. Yeah. Uh like, uh, I, I just like Pac a lot. I like how he's really intense and vicious all the time and shit. Mm-hmm. I like that spot where, like, they got hung up in the ropes and then he hit Paige in the eye with, like, the rope. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then he was, like, selling the shit with his eye. It was, like, that That looked really good. And yeah, another good thing is when uh, Pac was about to do a low blow and uh, Paige stopped it and... That was pretty much the end of the, of the match. Where... He caught it. He learned. It was a callback. Mm-hmm. He learned from his mistake. Um, geez, what is there anything else? There's just a lot of notes I have, but man, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, that brain buster onto the chair. Mm-hmm. That should have been. I, I don't know if they should have done that. That's like another thing. I feel like they should say for like an angle or something. It's a goddamn brain buster, and he did it onto a chair on the outside. <laughs> Yeah, Hangman Page should have been like done for the rest of the match, but obviously they should have. Yeah, they should have fucking killed him or something. Yeah, but obviously they don't sell enough in this <laughs> federation either. No, uh, I liked it. It felt like either guy could have won. Page needed that win though, and it was just a good match. Mm-hmm. Would you give it? I give it eight point five. I actually gave it a seven out of ten because I was because I was just like. I was tired of the outside of the ring stuff, and I gave it more points because of the storytelling in the ring. Yeah, it was that combined with, like, the the throwing in the barricade thing didn't bother me as much, like the stuff on the outside. But I'll admit they did things, both of them did, where they should probably not do that all the time, or they should save it for later. Mm-hmm. All right, the match we've been all been waiting for. No. Not really. No. Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Jelly Nutella. <laughs> so their angle is um they just hate each other, I guess. Sean Spears hates Jelly because he's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And I agree with him. So Sean Spears is the baby face. Even though you didn't like what Sean Spears did last episode where he ran away from uh Janela. No, I still don't. Th- I still think that's bullshit. Why is he running away from him? <laughs> <laughs> he had a weapon. 
He doesn't use that chair a lot. You notice that? Yeah. He's, that's kind, that's he, kind of his thing, though. He sits in it. That's how he, he does his entrance, but other than that, he doesn't really use it as a weapon most of the time. That's true. I, I don't really know what to say about this match. Um, I will say I was kind of somewhat impressed with Janelle a little bit where he, he was actually wrestling, but I think that was more of Sean Spears talking him through the match. Yeah, because he brags about how he never went to he never got actual wrestling training and shit. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really know what he's doing. He just does whatever he feels like, I guess. <laughs> and Spears' manager... Tully Blanchard. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would have him out here for Janela to interfere. I know why, so they could do a spike power driver. That part was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> I marked out for that a little bit. I was like, yes! <laughs> That's what Arden Tully used to do. <laughs> but, uh, I don't have much to say. A lot of it's just me bitching about Janela. I don't know. I hate this guy. He looks like shit. I was t- like, my brother saw him his first time I've seen him. He's like, what the hell is that guy's deal? He's like, he's so fat. Mm-hmm. He, and he is. He has like a beer gut. And his gimmick and his gimmick is he's a bad, bad boy. He's not fucking bad. He's just like some fucking five I, foot eight fat fuck. I mean he is bad, but not in a he, good way. He's bad in terms of quality. <laughs> and he's just like I don't know, he's trying to they're trying to do this thing where Joey Janelle wants to prove that he's a wrestler. Well he's not. His brawling looks shitty and he's slow for his size. He's small. He should be faster. And he's slower than a lot of other people are. Mm-hmm. Fucking Sean Spears is way faster than he is. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed what they're doing with Sean Spears, where they kind of put him in the main event a little bit with Cody Rhodes, but then he like messed up with that chair shot, and now he's like kind of getting punished facing Joey Janela, in my opinion. I don't think that's what they're doing to him. I think that was just a legit accident. Mm-hmm. I think it's just they don't really know what to do with him right now. Uh, which, <sighs> by, the, by the way, they had that weird spot where I liked it where he tied his hair to, like, the ring, the tag rope thing. Mm-hmm. And he had to, like, pull his hair out. And I give, I'll give i give Jelly props. He sells pretty good as a ragdoll. <laughs> when he, like, takes big moves and he just fucking flops over, it's like, okay... You know, you got something here, I think. If you use Jelly as, like, just some underneath guy who loses all the time, he's just, like, a fucking crash dummy to, to get somebody over. That's how you could use that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I would use him anyway. Yeah, so I only... I, I'm going to get into the rating right away because there's nothing really memorable besides what you just said. You know, tying the hair to the ring, the spiked pile driver. It's pretty much everything that Sean Spears had a part of. Yeah, <laughs> so I gave it a, an okay match with... A five out of ten. It was a six for me because of the Sean Spears worked so hard. <laughs> he <laughs> tried to get something out of this. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about what happened at the end. Uh, that they kind of didn't. The commentary didn't really talk about because Kip Sabian was getting interviewed by Golden Boy. Yeah. And apparently they're the better bad bad people with <laughs> him and Penelope Cruz because Penelope used to be that's Penelope Ford 
Ford. God damn it. <laughs> Penelope Cruz is an actress. Oh, man, I'm fucking up my name. But P- Penelope <laughs> Ford uh, was with Janella, and now she's in a relationship with Kip Sapien for real. Is know. she really? I thought that was just an angle. No, no, they're for real people. Okay, well, huh. So, <laughs> and I, I don't know if Penelope had a thing for Joey, but they're playing an angle off of it, obviously, because you could tell that Janela was pissed off at the Titantron, but the commentary team no-sold it. They like, did. I didn't notice that till you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I couldn't tell that the two things were supposed to be connected. I'm going to blame that on the production truck mm-hmm. because they cut away like kind of fast when he was like walking up, like when after Sean Spears was like leaving. Yeah, and then he cut the promo. Yeah, and because you get Janela was looking at the Titan Tron and he was, you know, audibly, audibly pissed off. And just, I thought he was just mad because he lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was a, that was a little bit of a botch, I guess. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see, but you know, because it's a new wrestler. I mean, I haven't been watching a lot of the dark, but Kip Sabian now going to be part of it. So we'll see what happens. Kip Sabian has been in a few rep matches. It's just you probably don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like he's teamed up with the Hybrid too. I guess that he has his own stable now, and they're part of it. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, okay, I guess. Now there's another stable. And, like, I don't know, Penelope Ford is, she seems okay. I, I was always making fun of Jelly saying, like, her, his girlfriend was a better wrestler than he is. <laughs> it's true. And it, was, it, it was true in that case. I thought his promo was decent. He, it's kind of a decent little heel promo. He might have something there. I like that he said AEW was infested with losers because he's right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I, I kind of like this guy already. <laughs> But Golden Boy is not a loser, and fucking Penelope called him a loser. No, Golden Boy is not a loser. He needs to get back on commentary. Mm. <laughs> get rid of fucking Excalibur. Please. Or take your mask off, you coward. <laughs> Alright. Before we get into this match, why is SCU defending after winning a tournament? I was thinking the same thing. It's like, they're, they're okay, they're already defending. And then it's in a triple threat tag match. It's like, what the fuck? They just threw them in like a crazy stipulation already. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you want to have the tag team championships on your pay-per-view, but you could have them be in sitting on the side watching Private Party versus Lucha Bros be number one contender match. This isn't the first time that they booked a championship match on this show that didn't really make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Foreshadow. Yeah, and it's just like... It was a car crash throughout the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, it was just chaos. I mean, there were good things that happened in this match. and it, I thought it was entertaining, but like it got to, to be doing that shit where it was like hard to follow at some points and get confused about who's legal. <laughs> the the only thing I remember, and this is legit, private party, that one guy that, like, yelps before he does his move. <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> and then the gin and juice. <laughs> Do you not remember? Okay, this is, there's another funny part with them, too, where uh, Pentagon got Mark Quinn up in, like, the corner. Mm. 
and like he was gonna do something, and then like he punched Mark Quinn in the ass, <laughs> and Mark Quinn was like, "Oh!" <laughs> like he oversold the shit out of that ass punch. I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny too. But what was really surprising to me is that, like SCU didn't stand out to me at all in this match. No, they kind of got like uh, um. What's the word I'm looking for? They kind of got de-emphasized a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is like they they Kaz was in there for a while by himself, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, the triple threat tag bullshit took over, and he got tagged out by somebody else, or he tagged somebody else out. I can't remember. I got my notes in front of me, but I'm just going off memory right now. Yeah, and here's another thing I want to bring up to every federation possible: get rid of this bullshit. If you're gonna have a triple tag team match then make sure you have an elimination because it's stupid. And I get it because, oh, there might be a a thing where you get tagged out and you lose the match somehow. Or or just do a tornado tag where you don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. You know, where all the teams are just, they're all legal. Everybody's legal at once. Then it would be more of a car crash, but... (laughs) Yeah, at least you wouldn't. At least dumb shit wouldn't happen though. Like it's already set up for dumb shit. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, but again, I'm really surprised with Private Party, even though I've known them for a while. They're really getting over with the crowd. I like them a lot, but they need to like fucking. This just goes back to a lot of other complaints where they do big moves and then it's just like, oh, he kicked out, or they no sold it. Whenever Mark Quinn does that fucking shooting star press, it's bullshit that people kick out of that. Like that that is one that's the best shooting star press I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It, that should be a fucking finisher, and everybody kicks out of it. <laughs> Their gin and juice though that that gin and juice was fucking sick. It's like if that see to me you could have two finishers there. Like if they don't do gin and juice, if Mark Quinn hits the fucking shooting star press and nobody breaks it up, that's a finisher. Mm-hmm. There you go. But uh, I guess the only thing I have to say about this is every time SCU wins, it deflates. Like I'm just like, oh, they won. Okay. Their uh, finisher, which is SCU later, mm-hmm. I guess, is kind of lame compared to a lot of these other moves. And that gets into the psychology of all these big moves and shit. Like, legitimately... What they did was Scorpio threw some guy into Kaz, and he need him in the fucking head. <laughs> that would that would finish off anybody. Mm-hmm. But like in NWA, that would finish a guy. <laughs> but now everybody's doing like shooting star presses and crazy ass double team flip pile driver shits, and and they kick out of it. Everybody doing cutters. Everybody's kicks. doing cutters. A fucking diamond cutter used to finish people. Uh, hey, a cutter still finishes people in WWE. Mm. But, but a knee to the head like that doesn't. It, or it does, but it shouldn't compared to all this other shit. If they kick out of that, how come that guy can't kick out of that knee? Like, I don't know. It's all comic book shit. <laughs> they need to get a better... I, I saw a good tag finisher there that they could use. It's better than that fucking thing. Um... You remember that spot where they had a uh, Phoenix in the corner with uh, they, he got into SCU's corner, mm. and then Scorpio got Kaz and launched him up over the rope, 
and then Kaz hooked Phoenix and did this sick ass spike DDT. Yeah. It was like it was like an assisted spike DDT and it looked nasty. I was like, fuck, he should be dead. That should just be a high spot there. But then <laughs> but then they get up, it, like nothing happened. And yeah, like like he, he was stunned. He sold it like he was kind of fucked up after that for a while. Mm-hmm. But he should have just been dead. That should have been a finisher. <laughs> Man. I don't know. I wrote, I wrote a bunch of notes for this match, but I don't think it's worth getting into, really. Yeah, because the only thing I could say is I could have done without this match. And I'm not saying it because it, it was bad or anything. It's just that, one, it didn't make any sense. And two, why have SCU in there when they won the tournament? They should have been not putting in this situation at all. No. And... All I have to say about the match itself, otherwise, is it's another spot fest tag clusterfuck. But it was kind of fun. It just lacked psychology and selling. Like, totally. (laughs) There was none of that in this match. And the spot where everybody does a dive, I'm so fucking tired of that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Where they set up like, oh, he dives. And then they help each other up. And there's obvious cooperation. It's like, oh, the other guy dives. I fucking hate that spot. Mm-hmm. They always, um, they always do that, like, hey, we're going to, you know, entertain the crowd. Let's do this flippy thing. And then they do the flippy thing. And it's like, it's very circus-like. Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> so what do, you, what, do you, what do you score this match? I gave it a 6 out of 10. Just basically. I gave- Oh, go ahead. Just based off of Private Party and Lucha Bros. I gave it a six point. I'm gonna I'm gonna down my score. Actually, you convinced me mm-hmm. after talking it through with you. <laughs> I'm Wait. gonna give it a six point twenty five out of ten. Okay. It wasn't much higher. It was six point five, but just talking about it out loud made me realize like it really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not bad. It wasn't bad. It's just. Man, I'm not a big fan. They they executed a lot of moves really well. There's just no damn psychology in these matches or anything. Pretty much everything from Sean Spears to when we get to the main event, it started to drag really bad. Yeah. At first, I, like when you said that, I was keeping that in mind while I was watching. I'm like, well, I don't really think he's dragging yet. Then I got to this match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's starting to drag here. Yeah. What what did you what did you think about when the other Pentagon came out and it was Christopher Daniels? I got excited at first. I'm like, ooh, somebody new, and then it was like Christopher Daniels. I'm like, oh. Well, I like Christopher Daniels. I like him too. <laughs> but it was very underwhelming, and I get it. He, why he did it because he got beat up by the Lucha Bros. They tried to end his career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty serious. But even the crowd wasn't in, into it. Yeah, they, they kind of popped for him, but it wasn't like a big reaction. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of surprised by that. I didn't expect that to happen. I was at, like, when they came out, when SCU came out, I kind of just expected Christopher Daniels to be with them because it had been like about a month at this point. Yeah. I'm like, huh, where's Christopher Daniels at? I wonder when he's going to come back. He's like, is he injured? Is there something I don't know about? Like, <laughs> And AEW has to stop doing this Undertaker thing where they black out the lights and then turn it back on. 
Oh, it lights out shit, and then somebody appears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Undertaker, if some supernatural character isn't doing it, it doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So this next match, Rio versus Sakura. Emi Sakura. Sakura. I'm gonna call it Sakura. But uh, I'm really impressed by her, by the way. I think she's really good, but this match was really boring. And I, by the way, I love where she uh, comes out with the mustache, and Jr. is like, "Hey, what's up with the mustache?" Oh, don't you know she's like a fan of Freddie Mercury? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, I mean, I could tell just by looking at her, mm-hmm. like her outfit and all that, and she had like the microphone thing, and I was like, oh, she's doing a Freddie Mercury thing. Yeah, because you could tell JR was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then next caliber is like, I told you already. She was on the Friday Barker and Queen. And I like, can't remember this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this match really dragged a lot. Um, I still find it unbelievable that Rio keeps on winning just by doing a roll up. Hey, that's okay. There used to be a wrestler that would win by roll-ups. Yeah. There's actually been a couple. There as, was uh, As a champion? Not as a champion, but uh, as far as I know. The, now, there was one... Remember Barry Horowitz? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he used to just be a jobber, and then he got on that weird win streak where he just rolled people up and beat them, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and then there was um somebody... God, who the fuck was it? I heard somebody just tell old stories about this guy who, whose finisher was a small package or something, or a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. That was his finisher, and he would beat people with it. But Jeez. that was like that was back in the day, though. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm gonna be totally honest with you on this okay. one. I have paid attention to this match. I did too. This is one of the ones I was talking about where I had to uh, go back mm-hmm. and rewatch it. This and the, the SCU match because my eyes were glazing over in that fucking match because so much shit was happening. Um, but Would you write in your was, notes? Because uh, I totally don't remember a lot. Okay. I've got some things to say that are interesting about this match, I think. Um, I like Emi Sakura too. I think she's a solid... Japanese women's wrestler. I still go back to my statement. You can't be a bad wrestler in Japan. Like, especially if you're Japanese, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I'm confused how Emi Sakura earned a title match. This is the other thing I was talking about. Um, I guess when they had that, like, fatal four way bullshit, or like, I think it was a tag match or something. You mean last week? Yeah. Well, they already announced before the match started that she is in a title match with her. So that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, the story that the commentators were putting is that Sakura, Sakura is uh, the teacher for Rio. I, okay, but why does that earn her a title shot? I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like there's no real good reason for why it's just it happened I, I, and I th- Kenny's playing favorites again I'm just gonna say it mm-hmm. 
Um, it's... And there's like there's no real pecking order established for this women's division yet. I feel like. Well, yeah, you have a fucking ninety-eight pound or seventy pound or whatever pound she is as a champion. It's so unbelievable, and it you could tell that she's starting to have the five moves of doom a little bit, where she does that stomping on the chest bullshit. Oh yeah, she did several double stomps in this match, and I was like, "Come on, mm-hmm. right?" It look okay. Here's here's something. Her being ninety eight pounds isn't as big of a deal as they're making it out to be. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as much of a weight difference as say somebody like Rey Mysterio fighting heavyweights, <laughs> because there's just not that much of a weight difference between women. Your average weight for like an adult woman in America is going to be anywhere from like 120 to 140 pounds. Yeah, but the average. Thing, but the thing is, with Rhea, I would be having her do a lot of high flying, a lot of speed stuff, and it wasn't really like she did a couple of Hurricane Rana bullshit and tried to do like a suplex, but couldn't because you know Sakura's a little chubby. Yeah, but. That, I, I just don't believe it as her as a champion. I agree with what you're saying, though. Like, her moveset doesn't really reflect that. Like, she has some... She can run really fast. So, in my mind, like, she can get a lot of momentum and do some, you know, maybe some good drop kicks and stuff like that. Some Hurricane Ranas. I would have but her, she doesn't really do that a lot. I would have her be, like, a martial art fucking, like, wrestler in a way. Because if she, like, kicks, that's going to fucking hurt with bones. <laughs> Might hurt her more, though. She doesn't have as much padding. True. <laughs> She's not like Asuka. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do I got here? Um, I like that double stomp thing Riho did to Sakura on the outside where she was, like, hanging off the turnbuckle kind of on the apron. Oh, where it almost looked like she killed her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, um, that's the only part that kind of woke me up. I'm like, oh, my God, is she okay? <laughs> Some of the stuff Sakura did got my attention. Like, she keeps doing these Freddie Mercury spots in her matches. Mm-hmm. Like, she does, like, the, the stomp, stomp, clap for We Will Rock You. And mm-hmm. it gets people to get into her. And then she does the, the hey like she's doing she gets ready to do that Romero special and she got everybody into that Mm -hmm. and I but then I was like is she a heel or not though because she's doing shit like throwing Riho by her hair and laughing at her and scratching her back and making alligator tear faces or something (laughs) I'm like is she fucking what the fuck (laughs) you can't do Freddie Mercury spots and be a heel Mm -hmm. like if you like it's just uh, it gets back to that whole which one are you thing yeah, and then when she was doing the We Will Rock You thing, I could tell the fans were like, what is going on here? I guess we're they just start They just started doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, Riho did a bunch of double stomps in this match, and I was like, uh, like you got to find another move. Um, Sakura hit like a really nasty backdrop driver. That move is nasty. That's usually a favorite by Japanese wrestlers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That one caught my attention, because every time I see that, I'm like, oh, fuck, because it looks like somebody dies. <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, grab a guy and drop them on their head is, like, what it looks like. Um, 
that that pin combination sequence where they kept trying to pin each other was kind of cool. Mm. That was fun. But then, yeah, there was like Riho does that tilt a whirl crucifix into a roll up thing, and that was the pin. Mm-hmm. It was very underwhelming. Yeah, after a lot of those moves and stuff. Yeah, in, in the beginning it was just like, oh, this is dragging a little bit, and then like, you know, Sagra does a, a few moves, and Rio does like the stomp a lot. Like they did their little spots here and there, but then it just ended up on a roll up, and I was like, oh, don't really care about this match. And they don't, if they don't do anything Wednesday where a new challenger is going to happen, the women's division is really, really weak. So I say they better get B Priestley on a good deal because they need more people like that bad. I mean, I would have Awesome Kong probably cut Rio's hair. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck they didn't sign uh, Emma to Neil Dashwood uh, when they had her there at the all out there was like that women's battle royal mm-hmm. she was there and for a second i thought she was with them but no she's an impact and i'm like why the fuck didn't you guys sign her she's good <laughs> yeah i don't know um because think about uh, it you have nyla rose you have leva bates you have Britt baker b Priestley, awesome kong sakura and rio and there's more, but they're more on dark than anything. Allie. Mm-hmm. She's all right. She seems pretty solid. Yeah, but it's fucking Kenny Omega putting... Asians don't do well in America. No, especially Asian women. That's an even harder sell. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the thing about male Asian wrestlers is usually they have some kind of really cool, like distinctly Japanese gimmick or something that makes him seem like it's like a, it's an exotic import thing like great Muda mm-hmm. or like Hakushi and um, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger mm-hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura mm-hmm. um, Tajiri but, Tajiri. But like nobody was really like that for like female women's wrestlers besides um, oh hell. What's her name? Yo Kim. Oh, no, she's Canadian. <laughs> uh, fuck, I used to know this chick's name. Uh, Bull Nanako, when she was in WWF in the mid-90s, she's like the only one that could fit that bill. Mm-hmm. And then before, after that, it was like nobody until Asuka showed up. Yeah. And then like she showed up, and then it was like, God damn, it looks like she's beating their asses. <laughs> like, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Um, it's pretty weak, and I just didn't really care for this match, and I was bored, so I gave it a 4 out of 10. Well, I give it a 6.20... 6 point, fuck it, 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> I was kind of... It did go down a little bit uh, for me, but it's it wasn't bad. It was just booking things, and Riho seems like she's... I don't know. They need to come up with some more offense or something with her. That's mm. kind of it. I was more interested in what Emmy Sakura was doing and like what they could do with her. Yeah. She, she kind of held my attention in this match a little bit more. Yeah. I just didn't care. <laughs> That's okay. All right. So we're going to get into the main event and I did that. Main, quota- main event. Yeah. Quotation marks. Main event. <laughs> 
Chris Jericho, the El Champion, versus Cody Rhodes. Or Le Cody. Champion. I should say Cody because he can't use the Rhodes. Or wait, did he? Did he get the rights to Rhodes? I don't know. I I don't know. But um, they both had like enforcers. They had uh, Chris Jericho had Jake Hager, aka Jack Swagger. Mm-hmm. And Cody had MJF. And um, I will say the match was slow for a reason, but it was slow in, in a good way. Where they were all working each other. Um, I believe Chris Jericho got a lot of offense in on Cody. After a certain point, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that cut was a work? Like, he sliced him, or did it just he fucked up and he hit the ramp pretty hard? No, he fucked up and hit the ramp. That's not a blade job. <laughs> <laughs> he, if you saw. If you would go back and look at his head where he got the cut, it's like in a almost like a half moon shape over his eyebrow. Jeez. And it's all jagged and shit. There's no way he bladed that. He busted himself open. Yeah, I heard he can't wrestle for a little bit because of that. I was wondering if he like got a minor concussion or some shit out of that. Cause he seemed like kind of fucked up for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Cody's entrances? He's got to stop <laughs> making it like it's a WrestleMania thing. He has, like, these really grandiose entrances and shit. And then, like, Jericho just walks out to his own music. And I'm like, I thought Jericho had the bigger ego here. Why, why doesn't he have the really grandiose entrance? Mm-hmm. It would just make more sense. And every time, the one thing that confused me was when Cody was, like, waiting for somebody. And I'm like, wait, is Brandy coming out? And then it was MJF. I was like, like, oh. Like, his entrance had, like, fucking smoke, flames. Every goddamn pyro in existence was in his fucking entrance. Mm -hmm. And it had that, like, weird buildup, like, this dramatic buildup. And I'm just like, why is he getting this entrance? Like, isn't, shouldn't he, I feel like he should be like coming out like his dad used to. He just comes out mm-hmm. he's music and he gets in there and he's like, I'm ready. I'm going to fucking fight. Jericho is the one that should be getting all this grandiose bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of the video package, by the way? Uh, I liked it. And I especially liked when Jericho made fun of his video package. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've seen in wrestling in a long time, honestly. Well, the part I love it. Where I love that fucking shit. Where he's sitting in the bathtub and shit. And... He's spitting out the champagne. I love the <laughs> and he's part. like, Chris Jericho is, is in the prime of his life. He's the youngest AEW champion ever. At <laughs> 48 <laughs> years old. I love the virtual part where he's like, I don't know what goat means. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. That's funny. <laughs> He's like, Chris Jericho is like the, uh, all uh, his talent is like the uh, Olive Garden unlimited bread uh, guy. I fucked it up. He said the breadsticks were unlimited like his talent. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled a JR there. Um, but my other favorite thing he did was like, he's like, you know, Cody, he has so many things to think about at the beginning of the day and all I have to do is think about when I'm going to have a little bit of the bubbly 
<laughs> Everything that Jericho do gets over. It's true. He could literally make a mistake and it would get over. There are already Soul Train Jones's t-shirts. <laughs> there are t-shirts for a fake wrestler. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, but this match told a story more than anything. More than any other match in this fucking show. Yeah. By a long shot. Oh, one thing I want to bring up. I, I guess it was kind of a cool spot. I guess it was up to the referee's discretion. But when Cody's mom slapped Jericho in the face, that should have been a DQ. I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, I didn't think about that. That didn't cross my mind. It was like, I like she yelled, fuck you, and slapped him, and he sold it. It was funny. Mm-hmm. But you, the, you know what did cross my mind was, like, when he took the weight belt off and he started whipping him, I thought, why is that not a DQ? And she watched him and then took the belt and said no. But you know what? I, after I, I talked myself out of it, I figured it out. Because you know how sometimes when they they undo their wrist tape and they choke a guy with it? Mm-hmm. They never. I've never seen anybody get disqualified for that. So my guess, my only guess is, if it's part of your attire, it's not illegal. <laughs> but but she still stopped it. I guess I don't know. I I guess she felt bad because Cody was getting whipped like a dog. Mm-hmm. And they were fucking brutal. Like Jericho was not holding back on those whips. No, that third one. It was like you heard it through the whole arena. It was like oh, and. Cody's fucking belt. Why did he have like an advertisement of the match? It was like Cody versus Jericho. That's what he does usually. This that's his thing with his weight belts, I guess. I'm like, why not just have your name on there? It's your belt. <laughs> yeah, why not be Le Champion and have like the bubbly on it and stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I his fucking crossroads is sick. I don't know what he does with it, but it's so different than what he did with the WWE, in my opinion. It's like he jerks more with it, mm-hmm. makes it look like it's more violent. Even though Jericho didn't sell it the best, which because he's he's older, he's a little slower. Mm-hmm. It still looked good. Oh, his fucking uh, walls of Jericho were brutal, dude. The... Well, he did he did the lion tamer at the end. That's what he put him in. <laughs> I guess we could kind of go into it. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we um, get into the, the payoff? Jericho got heat, and he even got fuck your birthday chance, which was hilarious. <laughs> like, the the commentary tried to no-sell it. They're like, oh, I think they're saying, they're reminding him it's his birthday, and it's making him mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, if that's what you want to say, okay. Um... Every move in this match countered and meant something. Everything did. Like, there was a part where, you know, like Jericho just elbowed Cody in the side of the head, and then he turns around and puts him in a waist lock. Mm-hmm. And Cody is selling the waist lock. Yeah. Like, the, the waist lock hurts him, and he's trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's so different from all the other matches on this show. That that's where I said, you know, the whole you get everything you want in this federation, and then if that's what they're going for, then I guess they're doing their job because you know they have the comedy, they have the high fly, they have the the serious shit what Cody and Jericho is doing. You know what though? This all goes back to a classic quote. I don't know who came up with it, but it's true in every instance I've ever heard. 
when you try to please everybody, you please nobody. That's what's that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Like they have a fan base. It's just it's a really hardcore fan base. I think hardcore wrestling fans, but they're going to have a really hard time attracting bigger audiences if they keep doing all this mishmash of styles thing. Mm-hmm. There has to be a consistent style. I've been saying that since we started talking about this. And if they were smart, they quit doing all this other dumb shit. Just do what Cody wants to do. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Um, so the last thing, uh, the last line tamer that's happening, uh, I think Cornette would love this. I don't know. I don't. I didn't hear Cornette speak about uh, full gear yet. They haven't talked about it yet. <clears throat> It'll but, probably be this Friday. But I, I feel like this is a Cornette like booking in a way where MJF is on the outside and he's thinking he's like worried about Cody, and he throws in the towel. Which I guess that's a rule now. If you throw in a towel, it, it's a forfeit. I was gonna say the last time I saw the throw in the towel thing was in the early nineties with Bret Hart and Bob Backlund mm-hmm. and Owen Hart threw the towel into the ring. This is before Owen turned on Bret, I think, mm-hmm. or it was like after, I can't remember. It was like, it was weird, but that was a long time ago. That's the last time I ever saw something like that. Do you think that was at the right time to do it? Cause if you were going to do a heel thing, wouldn't you do it when, Maybe Cody was on the offense and then all of a sudden got into a, you know, Lions tamer in a way. Because near the end, I believe Cody was just getting fucking annihilated by Jericho. Yeah, I think when he had, when Jericho put him in the Lion tamer, and it looked like he was just spent, like he couldn't, like he was going to pass out is mm-hmm. what it looked like. And it looked like he did because Jericho just bit him further back. That was like probably the sickest Lion tamer I've seen. Yeah, his fucking neck was like looked like it was about to fucking break off. I was like, "Fucking hell, he's dead." He looks like, <laughs> he looks like a Pez dispenser. <laughs> I love, I love the Lion Tamer. I, would, I, I always say I wish Jericho would use it more, but then at the same time, it make it less special. So, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I think it was the right time if they're going to do that. But I have a whole rant about this whole MJF thing. But I I, I want to, like, finish talking about the match, I guess, before I do it. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I had enough to say about the match. What do you have left to say about the match? Um, I got all my praise in, mostly. Uh, there was a part where X, I have to call out Excalibur for more of his bullshit. Oh, I know what you're talking about. He did two things. Nobody noticed this first one. I did. Uh, I know what you mentioned. You mentioned when he <laughs> fucked up, like he called the Alabama Slam something wrong. Mm-hmm. He called it a water wheel drop. Fucking and idiot. That's incorrect. That's not a goddamn water wheel drop. He's wrong. I know what a water wheel drop looks like. <laughs> uh, but JR, I love that JR gave him shit for it. He was like, uh, you know what Bob Hall used to call that move? And he's like, uh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> Well, and then, like, he was, like, trying to talk his way out of it, and JR was just like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Well, no, did you hear what he said? He's like, uh, he was explaining the move he just said to him. He's like, you know, when you put him on the back, just like how Cody did, and then I feel like Tony Khan went on the microphone, and he's like, hey, asshole, it's a fucking Alabama slam. And then, did you hear him? He's like, oh, it's an Alabama slam. Yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> he's like, ding, 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 we have a winner. Mm-hmm. 
But this was the one that pissed me off even more. Cody punched Jericho in the head, and then he said Cody just did a knuckle arrow. What? Apparently there's a special punch. <laughs> and I, you know, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like bullshit or something. So I actually looked it up. I tried to find out if there was a specific punch. Like I thought maybe it was Japanese or something. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I could find is from some kind of Japanese anime about fighting. There is a move called a knuckle arrow. Which looks just like what he did. He grabs you by your hair and punches you in the head. AEW, <laughs> if you're listening right now, because, I don't know, maybe you are, take Excalibur off of commentary. God damn it. The only other time I saw a punch called a knuckle arrow was in Fire Pro Wrestling on PS2. <laughs> that was a specific kind of punch. And I feel like that's why he knows what that is. Because <laughs> that's the only way I've ever heard of that move. You, you're probably right. He's probably a fucking video game nerd. And if that's what he's doing, he's just saying his bullshit. And what, Water Wheel Drop is another one I learned off of that game. Like, I've seen the Water Wheel Drop in real life after that. Like, or on YouTube or whatever you want to fucking say. But, like, that was the first time I saw that move, too. Water wheel drop. It's like a reverse of an Alabama slam. It's, like, fucking not at all like what he was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I like that they did a bunch of classic moves, like the, out, the abdominal stretch, the 10-count corner punch. People don't really do shit like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Spears did it earlier, but that's always been one of his spots was the 10-count pe- punch. Yeah, he still dons the 10, by the way, if you saw his little gear. Yeah, yeah sometimes he does the, the 10 taunt, too. Mm-hmm. He still he still does that. Um, I like that part where Jericho hit him with the title, and then he did the old 1997 WCW gag where he pretended to be knocked out. <laughs> and there was a part where Audrey, the referee, comes around, and he still like does the quick look around and then go back to being unconscious again. Yeah. <laughs> That that got me. That was funny as hell. Um, man. And then that's kind of it. Yeah. Then it goes into MJF thing. So what do you want to say about that? Too soon. I think they should have milked it out even more. I didn't like that. I mean, I guess he turned anyway, but like him doing the whole crying thing was annoying to me. He was really annoying in that match. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that part where Jake Hager got, like, fucking uh, thrown out. And then he went up to him and really obnoxiously was doing that. No, 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 no. I fucking hate it when people do that. Mm-hmm. But he was doing it. And I feel like it was supposed to be annoying. But, man, I really liked it when he beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> like, that, that felt good. <laughs> him overacting, being caring... I knew he was going to turn. I, I Well, we've been talking about when he was going to turn when we started. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, when do you think he's going to turn? I don't know. That's part of my, my criticism of this thing. Yeah, because I thought this should have been a slow burn in some way. I didn't like that. I mean, I liked what he did where he threw in the towel, I guess, and he he kind of felt bad, but then he overacted that as well, and I was kind of getting annoyed. Yeah. 
So what I'm trying to say is that this was the obvious choice. They could have done this down the road and they could have done something else where a new wrestler came out to interfere because that's what I thought was going to happen. CM Punk. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm talking the, the big guy that they keep on doing the vignettes about. Ryback. The Ryback could have come out. He was backstage. Mm-hmm. What if the Ryback joined the inner circle? <laughs> Feed me more. Champagne. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It, I, what I'll say positive about the thing, and I don't know if it was a plant or not, but he got, like, beer chucked at him. That was a plant. That was a plant? Okay. I'm sorry. It was a plant. I was I was I was crushed to learn that too. I was like, oh man, that guy was. I thought somebody was legitimately pissed, and I was like, yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. I remember people used to throw garbage at people in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, it didn't seem genuine, and I'm like, why is a grown man throwing beer at somebody? Especially, oh, what? yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's like the early, like the time that it is in 2019, because when Hulk Hogan turned, like that was everybody's childhood hero turning. Yeah, people reacted violently to that. Mm-hmm. But like with MJF, is like I, I didn't buy it, but at the same time, I was like if it is true, but dude, that that dude is way drunk. <laughs> nope, turned out he was just paid. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, my final say on that is like, okay, but you're doing a WWE move where you're just doing it too quickly. Rushing an angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? I agree with what you're saying, but I got a little deeper in, into like my problem with it more than them just rushing it. Okay. Um, this is kind of like a general problem with modern wrestling angles and long-term storytelling, the lack of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, well, I got an idea, and then it's like they want to hurry up and get to the end of it. Now, they did at least give it a month. <laughs> or, like, I guess since the end of fucking All Out or whatever, what something. But uh, <sighs> this is my whole problem with this thing. MJF came into this company as a heel. Mm-hmm. And he's been acting like a heel the whole time, mm-hmm. unless he's on screen with Cody. And he always acts like a heel and shit when he's not with him. And, like, he had an opening match. He had a match on the first episode of Dynamite. He was being a heel. Um, Apparently, they're friends, though. But here's my problem with this. There's been no real attempts to establish that they have a friendship at all. Only if you watch their YouTube thing called be, Being the Elite. That's but. fucking stupid. What about people that just watch TV? <laughs> like, which is like who you're trying to get, right? You're trying to get casual people to get in your product. Mm-hmm. I thought. I mean, I don't. I guess you're not if you're getting like a bunch of Japanese women's wrestlers to be the head of your women's division. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the only thing I could say is like they kind of hinted that they were friends based off of him being ringside and wearing a fucking Star Trek uniform. That That's, that felt fucking weird and out of place back then. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that, that my point still stands. There's been no attempt to establish that they're friends or they have a relationship on TV, on screen, 
outside of a YouTube show. Um, the only time he ever shows that he's helping him is when they get into a fight with like the inner circle or something, or he's talking about him in a video package. And then they talk about like, like commentaries like Cody's done so much for MJF. How could you turn on? Him? What the fuck did he do for him exactly? He got him a job, I guess. <laughs> like that's it. He's been a mentor to him. In what way? This has never been established. Like they, they don't. There's no segment where like. Cody's training with MJF or they're going to, why, why were they never in a tag match together or something? Mm-hmm. MJF never cut any promos. He didn't have any matches except that one. And I don't know. There's, there's been no segments to help establish this angle. Uh, not even talk with like other members of the elite or Brandy. Like wouldn't some of them say like MJF's kind of an asshole. Like, why do you like him? And, like, Cody would stick up for him or something. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah, I see what you're saying on that. I mean, I think this is more of Cody's fault than anything. I think he was probably like, oh, man, we get a, we get a lot of viewers on our, you know, being the elite thing on YouTube, and people will know. I didn't fucking know. <laughs> I consider myself a pretty hardcore wrestling fan, and I... I it never occurred to me to watch that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess the whole point of it is MJF turned heel, but did he really? Because <laughs> he's kind of been heel the whole time. It's just and like it's like I like I said earlier. Like we've been talking about when's he gonna when's he gonna turn on Cody? It's like we already knew. It was like a foregone conclusion. One of the podcast people I was listening to is like. They're like, oh, this might be a red herring where we're all where we think MJF is going to turn heel, and then it's like some obscure thing where like uh, Hangman Page was like pissed off that you know he lost to Jericho, but he sees Cody winning and he just fucking clotheslines him or something, where he's like the heel. I'm not saying that's a good idea. I'm just saying like it would be totally something different, where it's like, oh shit, this guy's going to face Cody now. But now it's just like you shot your load, and now it's like MJF is turned heel. Like, great, now we're gonna have like a a long feud probably with Cody and MJF. It's the honestly, it was like the, this whole angle's been kind of like aborted already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the delivery was botched, but whatever, I guess. All that aside, I like the match. Yes. I gave it a 8.75 out of 10. Ooh, I gave it 8.5. Yeah, I, I gave it a little higher because after Rio and Sakura, I was like, please, this is the match I've been waiting for. And, like, they did an old school match. It was, yeah. Just the ending got a little fuckery with MGF. I was like, fuck, why do they do it now? Because... <laughs> What does this mean for Cody now that he lost? So that means he doesn't challenge for the belt? Or are they saying because MJF threw in the towel, it doesn't count? My guess is he's out of the picture for now, and he'll somehow get back in it. Like, I think you said something about that a few days ago or something. Yeah, my thing is they'll probably do, like, a gimmick thing where maybe a briefcase contract bullshit uh, maybe like a battle royale winning thing. A casino chips in a briefcase 
Smash. <laughs> you can cash your chips in. Yeah, but this was definitely a highlight of the show. This is where, after that dragging time, I was like, ooh, it's picking up again. Yeah. And it, that's why I give it 8.7 out of 10. Or 8.75 out of 10, I should say. <laughs> it was really good. Okay, so this is the main event. This is where the uh, show should end, right? Yes. No. No. <laughs> so Justin Robert gets on the microphone and says the show is ending, or usually he says that. I don't think he said it this time. I, I think he just said the lights are going out. We're doing a hardcore match or an unsanctionable match or whatever. A lights out match, I should say. Yeah. Uh, if you guys remember that uh, cool video package where after he lost or drew, did a draw against Pac, he went back and he's like, this is bullshit. There shouldn't be draws in fucking wrestling. And then like Tony Khan did horrible acting and he's like, I got you a match at full gear. It's against Kenny Omega. It's a light, lights out match. It's unsa- It's sanctioned. It's unsanctioned. Unsanctioned. There you go. And uh, it's it's going to be a lights out match. And I was like, I kind of liked what they did there because I was like, I didn't really care for Kenny Omega versus Moxley anymore after Double or Nothing, and then Mox got injured with his infected elbow. Yeah. So that kind of died out, but him, him doing that, it kind of made sense a little bit. He's like, you're putting me in a match with that guy? Well, I'm going to go fuck him up. Yeah. All right. Moxley versus Omega. Mm. Hardcore. I The first thing I, I will say, I was like, oh, it's going to be a hardcore match. They're going to do, a, you know couple of thumbtacks, a couple of barbed wire, uh, maybe a table or two. But, dude, they went a really long time. I think they went too long. You know, this match is 38 minutes long. Didn't they have, like, other matches that were, like, 20 to 30 minutes? Because they don't have a big roster. <laughs> Cody and Jericho went 28 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. But no, actually, the rest of the matches were, like, just barely over 10 minutes. Except for Pack and Page. I think that went about 18 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was a short match. Well, it's short for them. Mm-hmm. But, like, these... I was surprised all their other matches were just, like, just barely over 10 minutes. Um, But this one was like, fuck. I felt the length in this one. It should have ended 10 or 15 minutes earlier, I think. <laughs> I was actually the opposite. I was like, oh man, what are they going to do next? Because I expected little, but I got more. Especially when they... uh, I won't jump too far to the end because that was fucking crazy too, but the the mousetrap thing... God. (laughs) who, who, Who... is he making this weapons, or is the Federation making this weapon? <laughs> yeah, that that brings up a lot of questions. Who did they plant their own weapons? Because apparently Omega does. Mm-hmm. I think Jr. was right when he was saying he was mentally ill. Because that's that's one of my big problems with this match is how Omega's booked in it. Dude, the glass thing—that was like. 
I was like, oh man, they're dragging the body. I was like, ah, that that looks fucking terrible. A lot of the stuff that Omega did in this match was stuff I felt like Moxley should have been doing. Yes. And it, it was like he, I felt like he was more dominant in this match, which is really fucking weird, and I didn't like that. Like that's, that's like the total opposite of how I would have booked this match. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make any sense, especially with the reputations. It's like, like Moxley has a reputation of being in like CZW and doing all this crazy shit. Omega's just a guy who's known for being the best bout machine. Some guy who puts on like technical classics in fucking New Japan. Yeah, he he did all this crazy shit, but then he went to his wacky shit where he did the Terminator theme. Yeah. I just, I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me, like how it got booked that way. I don't know. I guess what you were saying before where they were saying, oh, Kenny Omega's going crazy and... I guess that's what they were going for. He came off like more of a psychopath than Moxley did, which is like really weird. <laughs> like he was just like fucking, it looked like he was deranged, like that shit with the glass. And he was like, he was picking up pieces of glass and he was going up to the camera and was like, <laughs> and he like said something. And I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he was saying because he was like out of breath. <laughs> and then he was like stalking him with a fucking awe. Now, they don't know what an all is. They kept saying it was an ice pick or a screwdriver, but that was an all. <laughs> oh, it's like you, a it's like a woodworking tool or something or leather leather working. Do you remember the part? And I'm, I know I'm going really like far back, but when Young Bucks and Proud and Powerful were like brawling after the match, and they had like baseballs in a sock. Yeah, <laughs> and like Excalibur said, some type of like weapon you would get it like a. Uh, Skyrim and JR was like, What the fuck is that? He's like, It's a mace. <laughs> it looks like a mace. <laughs> I, I, I think he said, like, It looks like a sock full of baseballs. Then JR was like, How do you know that? <laughs> and he was like, Oh, it just looks like it. I was just like, I thought it was like bars of soap. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I was thinking of like full metal jacket or like fucking prison or some shit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, because these guys live in places where you'd get shot. <laughs> That's going to go over. We should make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then just pay Cornet. Yes. Uh, um, I think I really enjoyed it because it felt really, and this is going to sound controversial, ECW. This was more, I think Tony Khan booked this because he's such an ECW mark. It seems like it after watching this match. Yeah, because, what do you think of the bed full of barbed wire? Um... That was cool. I don't really think I've seen anything like that exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did like everybody push it out for them? <laughs> well, uh, Kenny, I guess. Well, he's he's got an executive position in the company. I think everybody knows that. And then he's like, he told all the but he told the box and fucking page, get it, get the thing. And he's still looking like really crazy and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they they're like, no don't do it man they're like trying to talk him out he's like just get it and they're like okay and they go get it <laughs> i i thought that's where they were gonna end the match but they didn't <laughs> they probably should have ended there yeah, i i thought they would be like the referee would be like all right it's done <laughs> you guys are fucking crazy yeah this uh, is, 
we're not gonna pull him out of a, a wad of wiring. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like Kenny came out of it, helped, and Mox is like, "Fuck you! I'm out of here, getting out of here," and he like needed no help getting out. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was one thing that that they did a little right was like Moxley's toughness was portrayed correctly. I think. Mm-hmm. I just felt like this should have been more like his style of match. Like he should have had more of an advantage in this than what he did. Not a lot of blood for a hardcore match. That's okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a bloodhound or anything. I, I do think at the right time you should have blood, but I think they figured like, we're probably going to end up accidentally bleeding with a lot of this shit anyway. So we, there's no need to cut ourselves on the head. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes sense. There was one, uh, thing where Kenny hit one of the weapons with the barbed wire and it hit like Moxley's head and there Yeah, the broom. <laughs> yeah, Moxley had to like be like, Oh shit, <laughs> is my head bleeding that bad? Because he like yeah. d- double checked it. He was pretty he was bleeding kind of fast for, and a lot for a little bit there, but it, it just stopped. I guess it was just shallow. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of the V trigger through, through the fucking light picture? Oh uh that was, I guess that was cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess after a dragging of a show and then seeing a good match with Cody and Jericho and then seeing this match, I needed more good stuff happening after seeing the triple uh, threat tag team match and Sean Spears and a Rio match. I'm just like... I was glad for that extra 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I This one was dragging for me. I, I already said I felt like it should have ended earlier. Where would, does, you, where would you end it? Um, I would have... Maybe... like I don't know if Falls counted anywhere or not. I, they didn't really make that clear. Um... If they did, I would have ended it out there, like where they did the barbed wire through the stage bullshit. Um, or just do that thing where you expose the ring. Just cut out that one part about the fucking barbed wire bed. Just cut out that part going outside over there and just do the shit where you expose the ring and, and, and finish it there. Dude, this is going to sound fucked up since we're doing this podcast, but Mox won, right? Yeah, he won. Okay. Because I totally forgot because there was so much shit in this match. That's what I'm saying. It's just a lot happened. And it doesn't really feel like he won. It feels like he barely won. <laughs> do you think he's going to give respect to Kenny on on Wednesday? Or do you think he's going to be like, fuck you? I think he's still going to be like, fuck you. Okay. That's how I would book it anyway. <laughs> Did you notice there was a lot of middle fingers in this pay-per-view? Yeah, that's fine, though. I like middle fingers. <laughs> Me too, but it's just like... <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a lot of middle fingers, a lot of fuck you and shit and all that stuff. Yeah, I like Moxley looked directly at the camera. He's like, oh, it's unsanctioned. Huh? Let's, let's fucking start some garbage wrestling. I was like, oh shit, he dropped the F-bomb. We're on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I this was a good hardcore match that I've seen in a long time. For any pr- promotion, I mean, I'm not saying it's better than ECW, obviously, because ECW is the king of that, and CZW, CZW is good for that too. 
but mm. the, the hardcore matches that they've been having, I kind of liked it. So I gave it a 7.9 out of, out of 10. Okay. <laughs> What'd you give it? A 6 out of 10. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, you, didn't, you said it was Dragon, so... I I had a lot of problems with the booking of it, too. There was several things that happened where I was like, why? <laughs> and I, I've, I've made it clear I don't really like Omega. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help either. And it's just like, I don't like how he was portrayed in this match. I felt like that was kind of at the detriment to Moxley. I also don't know why they put Moxley in a match like this with a bunch of hardcore bullshit and glass and everything after he just got done getting over a MRSA infection. And why have Mox do a match where it doesn't count? Yeah, well, it kind of it's kind of like backing up in the narrative in a way, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'm going after your boy, and then you're making it to where it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like another thing too. Is like, who's the baby facing this? I feel like Moxley's the baby facing this. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Omega acts like more of a dick than him. <laughs> <laughs> he just does. He pushes referees and. He talks shit, and I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. like him. I guess. Um, I guess. What's your closing arguments for the entire show before we get into our rating? Um, I don't really. I, overall, it was a decent outing. I think. I had problems with booking and, and like the biggest one of the biggest matches they promoted. So like I don't know, you take that with a grain of salt or whatever. You said it was better than all out, and I disagree with you. Now I gotta go back and look at my all out score because <laughs> like I it changed by the time I finished grading everything. Like that was my reaction just after I got done watching it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Did I throw it in here? Yeah, I did. I'm going to open this up and I'm going to look at it. I guess my closing arguments would be Cody and Jericho. Cody and Jericho. Yeah, Cody and Jericho was a good match. I thought Mox and Omega was pretty good. Um, And Young Bucks started off with a bang, in my opinion. But everything in the middle was dragging. And I just... It at that point it didn't feel like a pay per view. It felt like another episode of Dynamite. Okay, so I did go back and look. Mm-hmm. I gave All Out a six point five out of ten. Okay. And I gave this a six point seven five out of ten. Oh, so it's a little bit better than All Out. So I guess you're technically right about your statement. It's not by much, and that's because. All Out had more things in it that were, like, actually bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just out and out bad. Like, there was that awful Cracker Barrel Clash match. I fucking hated that. I still do. Oh, that's someone with Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, this match was starting to remind me of that. That was kind of another th- reason why I had, like, a negative reaction to it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of spots in that were just, like, that shit with the fucking glass I felt like was, like, too much. And uh, yeah, Omega did like a stupid like paper cut kind of thing, just with a glass. He was cutting. He, they did a thing where it looked like he tried to make Moxley swallow glass, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Fucking god!" And then they made Moxley roll around glass after he got over a MRSA infection. 
it's God. I would be pissed if I was him. <laughs> but and then I guess like atop that off, like Omega just did a lot of things in this match that pissed me off. It's like he can't help but do his goddamn poses even though he's in a death match. Mm-hmm. And then he no sold a fucking offensive move, getting thrown into the glass, and came back and fucking threw Moxley out of the ring. I thought that was stupid and self indulgent. <laughs> It was like, why? Like, Moxley sells the glass, and he sells all the moves, and Omega gets German suplexed in the glass and no-sells it. <laughs> I, I just hate that guy. I don't know. He kind of ruins matches for me. I wonder what's going to happen. What's going to make you change for Omega that be like, oh, that was pretty awesome? I don't know if anything will change. It seems like he's stuck in his ways. Because... <laughs> The Young Bucks, I see that they try to have actual matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they they can slow their, their bullshit down. But it just seems like Kenny is always out for himself. I didn't think about this before, but you remember that time he tagged with Adam Page? Yeah. Uh, he was doing kind of shit where he was like putting himself at more of an advantage than what he was. And Adam Page took ate the loss in that fucking match when he really didn't need to be losing. You know, you know, it's pretty sad for Omega is like the the two good matches that he's done in his company are both hardcore. That's really weird for him too. That's not his reputation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't like. I, I like this worse than the match he had with Pac because that was more like a just a good wrestling match. It just had Omega in it. <laughs> See, I, I think if. Omega was booked in a way that he could be, and I, this is going to sound controversial, and this might be, and and I know your hate for Omega, you'd be like, no, he can't be like this guy because that guy's better. But I could, okay. I could totally see him being a Chris Benoit without killing his family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because because uh. I think he could he can be technical, but he's all he does all this like hybrid shit where he's like, I'm going to be a high flyer, but I'm also going to be the suplex machine. Chris Benoit did some high flying stuff in his earlier days, Mm -hmm. but like, I, I mean, I don't totally hate the guy. It's just, there's, I don't, I have very mixed feelings about him as a performer Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to think he kind of huffs his own farts a little bit. Um, I I do, but I, I, I choke on it because it's terrible but <laughs> okay but yeah overall the show was slightly better and that was because there was less just out and out bad shit the the un main event kind of fucked up the overall score just because of how it was i i'm sorry it's just my opinions and stuff i gave this a seven out of ten well, we're not too far off from each other. Mm-hmm. I thought this was one of the weakest pay-per-views that AEW has done. Um, well, I've only seen two, so I'm I'm counting the fight for the fallen, the the first All Out, even though that's not technically an AEW pay-per-view. Oh, you mean All In? All In, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh, pardon. But uh, it's just. I was disappointed. Yeah, it didn't really quite live up to the hype level. They had some really good wrestling matches in there. They had two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
and then there was just some okay stuff to varying degrees of okay, which, like you said, kind of feels like just TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of this was booking problems. Some of it was just roster issues. Here's a... Uh, I, I guess not booking it, but kind of booking it in a way. Sean Spears versus Joey Janela pre-show. Britt Baker versus Bria Priestley. I would have that after the Young Bucks and Proud and Powerful. Yeah, I kept thinking, like, why was that even... Like, you could have put that on the on the regular show. It wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. And they could have solved the problem of the main, the unmain event being too long, I thought. <laughs> Just cut out, like, that was an 11-minute match. Cut out 11 minutes from that match. It's still long as hell. It's mm-hmm. a 27-minute hardcore match. Yeah, and I, I could have done without the the triple tag team match and maybe having a number one contender match for the women's title instead of just being like, hey, I used to train you. Give me a match. Yeah. What the hell? Does, it, <laughs> does that mean MJF can challenge for the... No, never mind. That doesn't make any sense because that story doesn't make any sense. Does he, does he even have a win? Oh, yeah, he does have a win. He beat the fucking D&D guy. He beat Brandon Cutler one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. And he was a heel in that match. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that goes back to what I was saying. He just acts like a heel all the time. Like, this isn't surprising. Oh, but, <laughs> by the way, Adam is in our Twitch chat. He's like, he said, you stuck in your ways, I guess, going back to what you said before, and then uh, on Kenny Omega. And then when I said all out, he said balls out. So, oh, <laughs> I could be, I, I don't know. I, I like some modern wrestling stuff. It's just, I don't, I don't get that Omega guy, man. <laughs> I liked him in New Japan. That's all I'll say. I think America Omega wrestling is lame. Because you can't do that goofy shit. You can't do that anime shit here in America. <laughs> I think he should try to be a heel, like, legitimately. I think he could do it. He has this way about him that makes makes him naturally unlikable for some reason to me. Well, I wonder, since he's been having these hardcore matches, I wonder if he's just like, I, I am, like, Moxley now. And I'm like, no. I, I have ascended past Moxley. <laughs> even, even Foley. Even Funk. Oh, God. Like this guy who's just full of himself. He's like, I'm a hardcore auteur. <laughs> I mean, if he wanted to be healed, I, I would have him beat up Terry Funk. Or maybe Mick Foley. Yeah, he could do that. Mick Foley could show up and get punched in the head or something. Or get hit in the head with a trash can lid. And then lose his dentures. Lose his dentures. Terry Funk is crazy and old. He could He could do something. Maybe Terry Funk could do a suicide dive in a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> he might. He was doing moonsaults when he was, like, old as fuck. <laughs> I still remember that story Cornette told me the first time he saw Terry Funk do a moonsault, and he was already old at that point. <laughs> it, was like, it was like at one of those uh, Smoky Mountain wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. And Terry Funk goes to the top rope, and then he's like, Terry Funk never goes to the top rope. <laughs> he's like, Terry, what are you doing? And just like, I don't know, Corny. <laughs> and then he just did a moonsault. <laughs> oh my god, Terry Funk is amazing. 
That guy is crazy. <laughs> I was watching like the old '90s when uh, he was a chainsaw guy. Chainsaw Charlie. Yeah, he made me really nervous when he came out with his fucking entrance. <laughs> he put you on edge. Yeah, because I was like, oh my god, if he he slips with that chainsaw, some kid's arm is gonna get chopped off. Talking about lawsuits from like getting hit by the barricades, Chainsaw Charlie comes out and accidentally hacks somebody's fucking appendage off or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we were pretty. I mean, we did have different opinions on things, but we came out to a pretty close overall on the, the show. wrestling. The wrestling buffet works differently for us. Mm-hmm. You like a little bit more of that general so, and I like a little bit more of the Japanese chicken. I don't know. <laughs> Teriyaki? <laughs> yeah. I do like general so's chicken. Do you, I do too. Do you, do you get annoyed when people say, like, toes? Or towels? Yeah. I, I, or nobody's ever said towel. I always said general towel because it reminded me of Dragon Ball, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, people call it General Taws or, around here or something. I'm like, no, it's General... God damn it. Because <laughs> my friend, she goes, uh, yeah, order me those General Toes chicken. I'm like, that's gross. I, don't, I ain't eating toes. You fuck- I don't want to eat General Toes. You fucking no. weirdo. But, uh, so so, are we going to keep watching Dynamite, or are we going to do the thing I was talking about, where it's like, I'm starting to get homesick. I'm starting to want to go back to NXT. <laughs> um, give it this week. Let's trade it, like, not like, I can't say like the, rest, uh, the Raw after WrestleMania. Let's see how they recover, in a way, where they make me excited to know what's going to happen. The dynamite after full gear. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so weird. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see what's happening. If I it, do too. If, if it doesn't pan out, then I guess we might be NXT marks for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we always got power. There's not a whole, whole lot you can say about that, especially when everything's usually just good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... I'm getting I'm getting NXT homesick, and all the hype lately has gotten me more like, oh, I want to go back. I want to see what's going on. Yeah, the honeymoon phase is kind of wearing down on AEW. But yeah. I'm, but I'm not. I did say I wanted to give it three months, so it's only been month one. So you're right. We and we're already like, I don't know, fucking halfway through November now. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just watch both. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Adam says, pan out like cooking the toes chicken. Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the next pay-per-view for anything? Oh, Into the Fire. That's Yeah, that's December. I think Survivor Series is next. Which I, sounds like we're going to watch it. Yeah, most likely. I, I, I want to. And then, uh, obviously, you know, since we're a bi-weekly podcast, so we're going to have, like, cool segments for you uh, you guys to do. We have a couple that are in the works. One that was supposed to happen, but then, you know, things got caught up and full gear happened. So we want to do a full gear review more than what, what we were going to do. 
Yeah. So keep an eye on that. But if you want to watch more of our podcast, if you're into like Big Trouble where we're uh, talking about the Indiana Jones movies and ranking them, uh, or if you want to listen to some wrestling on getting some color, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com where uh, people are downloading and listening to our show but not commenting <laughs> on the show. So if you are listening to this, if you're listening to Getting Some Color and you're near the end, who is your favorite wrestler in AEW? And do you agree with Zach on Kenny Omega? Convince me that, that he's good. Change my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I see it in the comments, I will say that I will mention your comment in next week's episode or next episode, bi-weekly episode. But until next time, um, remember Excalibur, it's Alabama Slam, you fucking idiot. And uh, a knuckle arrow is just a punch. Get over it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. See ya.